Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure there's some math. Tom. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, that's us How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. Just think that this is a car company that is run by super Auto geeks. All oh, the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. Tesla. You don't even have Tesla. Yep. I remember that. You've got a Model X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, a bit of breaking news. It's breaking news for us, but it's not going to be breaking news for you, because we record on Monday from 8 to 10-ish. And at 1 o'clock today, Elon did his big announcement about SpaceX, and they're going to the moon. They're going to the moon. They're going to take, it sounds like, two people around the moon and back again, two privately paying individuals, two people apparently with a lot of cash. So uh, they're going to fly from Pad 39A from the Kennedy Space Center, which is where they flew with the Apollo missions. This is very exciting. We'll talk more about it next week because the question is going to be, as you can imagine, who are these people? How much cash are they paying? Uh, Would you do it? Because it sounds very scary. And uh, what's the purpose of this? Just for making money? And what would happen if somebody really rich, somebody, sorry, like a Richard Branson was up there, and it goes boom bidi boom boom Oh, so much to talk about. We'll talk about it next week. What? How come? Are we, this is our platinum anniversary show? No, this is not. This is a diamond anniversary. Oh, diamond, Diamonds diamond are jubilee. forever. This diamond is jubilee. the bling episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Talking Tesla 75, Ooh, if you weren't getting those references. If we had candles, this studio would be on a flame. Fire. 75. Can you believe it? Happy birthday. It feels like just last show. week it was 74. <laughs> happy, happy birthday this week. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's uh, let's start off with some stories. Um, anybody watch the Oscars last night? I did. What a classic, momentous oh. screw-up. I thought you were going to say what a cluster. Oh. It's all been explained to me, though. Uh, I mean, because I've been watching the news about it nonstop, so I got it. I thought just Warren Beatty was so old that he was demented, but no. it turns out he got uh, the wrong envelope. Yeah. Mary explained it to me this morning. And She's then, like, no, they handed yeah. him the wrong envelope. And Emma Stone last night was kind of trying to throw him under the bus because she's like, look, I had my envelope in my hand the whole time. That's not possible, what he said is happening. Turns out there's two of every envelope. Right. Dun, dun, so dun. the real question is, will Price, Waterhouse, Cooper, or whatever they're called now, do the Oscars again next year? Yeah, or you can't get much, rid of somebody for one mistake. I know, but what's their contract going to change? How is it going to change? Are they gonna They're going to put some things in place, is my guess. Who's right? going to lose a job? Nobody, hopefully. <laughs> I blame Warren Beatty. Everything Leave up. Warren Beatty alone. If you blame anyone for last night, it's How Faye is- Dunaway. Faye Dunaway? She's the one who That's said it, just for the record. Hey, Google, how old is Warren Beatty? He's got to be 69. Beatty, 79 years old. Ooh, Whoa. 79. Warren Beatty. Well, yesterday was the 50th anniversary of Bonnie and Clyde winning the Best Picture Award. Who was Clyde in that movie? Warren Beatty. No, who was Bonnie? I mean, Faye yeah, Dunaway. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the two of them were out there. You really, really do not pay attention to this Hey, shit. Google. <laughs> why does Mel have no insight? 
My apologies. I don't understand. Nobody does. Neither does he. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the Oscars. That's fine. You know, whatever. I got some exciting news. Grandpa got a bolt. He did it. Buy or lease? Leased. Okay. So his lease deal was uh, five thousand down. He pays three forty a month. Wow, Premier. fully fully loaded. Premier. It's uh, sort of the blue silver color, Arctic blue, looks, not kinetic blue, Arctic blue. Arctic blue looks so good. And uh, I drove it around this weekend. Um, it's a great little car. I got to tell you, I love the form factor of that car. I love the size. Yeah, it's very zippy. It's sort of like a leaf. Um, I really it's nothing like a leaf. Really like it. Absolutely no resemblance to a leaf. It's almost exactly the same size as a leaf. You sit up a little bit higher. I love it. It's zippy. It is like the leaf. Compact car life. But here's the problem. Mm. I got out of this uh, little car, maybe some of you have heard about it. It's called the Model S. (laughs) And then you get into the Bolt. Yeah. And the Bolt's a really nice car, but let me tell you right now, it ain't no S, let me tell you. No. Which is kind of good and bad, right? Because I was excited. I'm like, wow, this is a really nice little car, this Bolt. But it's no S. And now I'm concerned when I get into a Model 3, am I going to have that same reaction, which is, this is a nice little car, but it's no S. It depends on what it is about the S, right? Do you like the luxuriousness of it, the size of it, the simplicity of it, right? All of, there's there's a, all of these things. There's a fit and finish and speed and quietness. You're going to get that out of the 3, the I S feel. that is not in the Bolt. Mel. Did you hear about the snail who was shopping for a new car? No, Robert. Tell me. He wanted something zippy, so he bought himself a nice, new, big, zippy car. And you know what he did to it? What? He painted a big S on the door. Really? This is where you're going with this? (laughs) It's like a trading places joke? So you could see the S car go. (laughs) (laughs) Is this Robert's last show yet, Mel? Really? Oh, hell Wow. How bad is that? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> hey, uh, can we edit that little bit out of this show, please? Wow, that just so this ruined opportunity just opened Robert, up. Robert, you've ruined everything. Everything. <laughs> so, Tom, you're saying that the three is not going to leave me with this same sense of the Bolt is a great little car, but it's no S. The Model 3 is going to be like the S, but smaller. Please tell me. I really hope. That that's the case, right? I know they're trying to build it simpler, make it simpler, make it more inexpensive. I hope that doesn't come 100% at the cost of its interior goodness, right? Some of the beauty of the S is in the simplicity of it. There's not a whole lot going on in there, right? So there's not a whole lot of buttons everywhere. The Bolt has buttons everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) Like literally they're all over the place. Much like the Volt with a V, had buttons everywhere. The Bolt also has buttons everywhere. And the Tesla is very simple. And the the Model 3 is even supposed to be theoretically, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, maybe even simpler and not even have a center console display. Very curious about whether or not what you guys think about that little comment that he had made a while ago. We're right. going we're gonna to get to that. We will, uh, yeah. But um, it's not... So don't not buy a Bolt because of uh, my short yeah. review here. Is that a double negative? Uh, but uh, it's a great little car, uh, very zippy, but it is no Model S. I like it. I no. think it's a great little car. I drove it. It's not a performance car. It's none of those things. So to compare Model X, Model S to 
A Bolt is is it's not a comparison. You know what the Bolt has that the Model Three doesn't have? Is this a joke? You can actually buy one. You can. You can buy. I should say the other thing that it's loud. Actually, for an electric car, it's quite loud. Now I don't know. If it's because you think it's the, wait, the, the engine that's loud, loud or, or the, the the driving it around? Well, I can't. Street noise. I couldn't Road work noise, out. Yeah. I think they have one of those little chimey make a noise thing when it's under twenty five miles an hour. But it just seemed like it was loud. Like when I get in the S and I start driving, there's you can't hear it. In the Bolt, you can hear what I think is the electric car noise, or maybe I had there's a there's a toggle thing where you can turn on noise so you don't hit it um, pedestrians. So but I didn't like that. I want it. So. You won't be recording talking Tesla in Grandpa's Bolt. Not, not going to happen. No. Sorry, not going to happen. Well, so the most anyway, important thing is, does he like he it? He absolutely loves it. So he's been driving around Wonderful. a minivan for the last 10 years, uh, loves that minivan. But uh, he, first of all, he realized he's really not doing much driving now. He's only doing about four or 500 miles a month. So he got the 10,000 mile lease. But he loves it because now he can whip in and out of traffic. He can park it really easily. That backup camera that goes into the rear vision mirror that is, is the amazing bomb. right he really that's loves not that. even just the backup camera that's the rear view mirror, mirror is a screen that's one of my favorite features if you have teenagers or drive people around in your back seat and you have a, it's hard to look out the back seat of cars you know through the rear view mirror because people's heads are in the way the seat posts are in the way this thing is amazing i really hope the model three has this it's to really, be honest with really. You. So what we're saying is that they pro- they project that backup camera not to the center console. They do that, but they in addition it goes up to the rearview mirror, and it's always in the rearview mirror, right? It, you can it, you flick, can it, on flick it on and off, right? But, but like you so flick it good. on and off, and you see behind the car, much wider oh, yeah. perspective of who's coming up behind you, uber safe. He says, uh, "I didn't do this, but on the freeway, he really likes it. He can see what's going on behind oh, him on the amazing. freeway. He loves it. And you know what? It also has which the Model S and X does not have." What's that? A front camera. So when you're parking, so I'm parking his car. I'm trying to get up close so we can plug into the electricity. It's got a front camera so I can tell exactly where I am. And they do this weird representation where they then show the car from a top view yeah. as you're parking. And I'm like, what the hell is it's going the bird's on here? Eye it's view. so yeah. useful. That'll, that'll probably be in the three as well. It that's that's so coming good. in a lot of cars. Driving around tight areas like in Santa Monica or downtown L.A., if you're ever coming out of a parking lot where it's really narrow and you can't see the sidewalk either way or through an alley, you know, once or twice I've had an episode where somebody on a skateboard just zips by me on the street and I, I mean on the sidewalk and I can't even see them until I'm halfway across the sidewalk. So could get your front end kind of damaged. Nevertheless, he doesn't care about the skateboarder. He cares about his car. no. <laughs> well, which is more expensive? Stupid kids. The Somebody, skateboarder. Yeah, I don't know. If I, I <laughs> I've fallen a lot. I haven't broken anything. I don't think that's the the biggest problem. But uh, the BMW that my friend had a few weeks, a few years ago, had cameras where the turn signals up front were. So in other words, from the very front corner of the car, you could see left and right. So if you're sneaking out of a tight spot. You can see it's amazing. It's like having a periscope on your car. And I'm so disappointed Tesla's never done that because you want to talk about increasing safety for the skateboarders in the world? There you go. Yeah, yeah I really don't know why, having seen this, that uh, Tesla doesn't have front-facing cameras. It makes a huge difference. All in due time. Thomas, I want one. I guess then you'll get a Model S version 19. So, uh, Tom, just for the record, uh, what, are we, what are we waiting for now? Are you just waiting for Model 3 to see what it is before you get another car? What's going on? <laughs> 
Yes, for the record, that is what's happening. I understand that. It's so close. Wow. Now. It feels so close. Although this morning, and it's not on the show notes, but don't be mad at me, Morgan Stanley just downgraded Tesla because they said again yeah. it's not going to be out on time. This- but all the evidence suggests that it is. And you said it's not, and then you said it is, and now you say no. I'm beginning to think that these analysts don't know what they're doing. Hey, Google manipulation. What's the Tesla stock price right now? As of 11.32 a.m. Eastern Standard Time today, the price for Tesla shares on NASDAQ is $246.43, down 4.11% from last Friday. That's like a $30 dump. Crashing on Morgan Stanley's little thing. Maybe they needed to buy some more. End of the world. End of the world. Whereas at the same time, somebody, I can't remember where I read this, uh, I think it was Elon suggested that they will have a market cap the same as Apple within a few years. And I saw another article that said that they were going to grow. 17 times bigger than it is now. grow considerably when the energy market, and we'll talk about that from the earnings call, really dwarfs what the car uh, portion of Tesla will do. But I have a question. For sure, that's going to be the bigger part of their business. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. So I have a question for you, Tom. Yes, sir. I respect your choices and your delay. I think you don't, but go ahead. No, I do. But what I want to know he is does, I don't. between now and when Model 3 comes out, mm-hmm. how many gallons of petrol will you consume? And can we buy some carbon offsets? Not very many, and uh, we can do whatever we want. I think we should do that. We're going to do that for Tom. The Patreon money, which is just flooding in at an enormous rate. <laughs> don't make fun of the we'll Patreons. Be, no, I think, I'm, I'm not making fun of the people who are Patreons. I'm making no, fun of the people who are not Patreons. <laughs> That's right. Freeloaders. Uh, no, they're not freeloaders. They're our listeners. They're our loyal, loyal they're, listeners. But think about how much more they could have if we could spend the rest of our lives, not only a third of our lives, but 100% of our lives for the show. Yeah, because that's, <laughs> Mel's really delivered for the Patreon so oh, far. I think doing a great job. <laughs> Why do you say on the show that you're not doing anything for the Patreons? I listen to the actual show where you're like, I'm really falling behind on the stuff for the No, Patreon. every week now. I religiously do it every week. How, religiously? How dare you, Tesla's Tom? your religion? It's, uh, it's becoming one. It's the Shabbat <laughs> ritual. <laughs> Hey, I want to talk about the 12-volt battery. Look, um, last week I said uh, you know, I wanted to charge everything up out of the 12-volt battery, and then you told me, um, well, I didn't know that's when I plug in all my stuff, no, it's you coming said you out of the 12-volt battery. charge everything up on your Tesla. Tesla, and then right. you told me it's the 12-volt battery, and then I found that that's actually true, and then I thought, well, how does the 12-volt battery get charged? And it turns out that it gets charged from the big battery, of course, but I couldn't find an algorithm of how it works. Like, does it get to 50% and then it charges it back up from the big battery? And there's lots of people discussing this, and nobody could give me an answer. I couldn't find out, like, can therefore I just plug in stuff to the Tesla and just basically use the big battery via the 12-volt battery to charge up lots of things? Nobody could answer the question. Like, to the point where they don't know if the car is not on the 12... My guess is if the car is on, then it's monitoring the level of the 12-volt battery. If the car is off... It's just all about the 12-volt battery. So if somebody's out there that knows, please let us know. And then this morning or late last night, SpaceX says they have an announcement at 1 o'clock today. Can somebody tell me what that announcement's going to be? Today that is Monday. Oh, yes. Sorry. That's right. Today that is Monday. I'm going to do a Patreon thing on this announcement, by the way, Tom, because the show will be over. So I'm going to do a Patreon on the announcement. But what's it going to be? Monday. Predict. February 27th. It's going to be an announcement of approval for the crew capsule. (gasps) Oh, that would be huge. That would be really huge. So a crew dragon, it's called. Crew dragon. Correct. I actually think they're going to announce a date at which they're going to launch Falcon Heavy. The three 
the three the three what three main stage the three, three first, stage the three first stage, stage rocket, one rocket yeah. booster. I'm so you've got uh, you're saying that uh, mm-hmm. the crew thing is going to be ready. Approval. You're saying it's just the time of uh, Falcon Heavy, and I'm telling you right now, and for the record, Elon is coming out as a Martian. I alien. need to go home. It's That's not, what this whole thing is about. So for sure, it's not going to be that one. Elon phone home because <laughs> he's from South Africa. And I also <laughs> have to tell you, uh, I'm going to the Pentagon this week. Yes, I know. I'm going to the Pentagon this week. Wow. I can't tell you. <laughs> I'm going to the Pentagon this week. You can tell us. You're just being coy. Sounds exciting. Yeah, well, actually, I've got a nephew who's becoming a lieutenant colonel, and we're going to the... Oh. The ungathering, the unveiling, the whatever you call it. But I'd like to tell people, and I try and put it into as many sentences as possible, <laughs> I'm going to the Pentagon this week. Is it going to be in that big room that has like all the plaques on the walls of all of the people who've, you know, given their lives in the service of the, I, of I, the country? Maybe that was the CIA. That was the CIA. Those are stars at the stars. CIA. Okay. I'm going. Uh, anonymous stars. I'm going to the Pentagon. <gasps> they and don't then, have names on them. Because they're spies. And That's I have correct. to tell you guys that I will not be here next week. I'll be in Hawaii. Hawaii? So I'm sorry. I know. Pentagon? So what does Hawaii. that mean for the show, Mel? Cece's coming over here and I'm going to Skype in. I'm sorry. I'm going to where? Hawaii. Hawaii. And then, the before Pentagon. that, thank you. That's all I've got. Man, that's <laughs> totally screwed up because the following week I'm going to be in Washington myself. Oh, we could have two in Washington. Why are you guys using that 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 language? That I just accent? like Washington. Okay. I like that. Tom, tell us about your daughter and tell us about the breaks thing. This is very big and huge and large and important. So over the weekend, I went to Pomona with my daughter because she's a teenager oh, and a teen is, driver. This is great. And so I signed her up for this teen driving class called Breaks, and it stands for Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe. And so this was started by a top fuel, top alcohol, world champion drag racer after he lost his two sons in a horrible accident uh, where one of his sons was driving and his other son was a passenger. Uh, And it was caused by a bad decision, and he completely admits that. You know, they, they do a little presentation before. Anyway, so he started this thing to try to keep teens safe, and it's not... You know what you would think about a, like a normal driving school. It's not a performance driving school, right? They 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 start in a classroom. They give you a half an hour, forty five minute presentation about sort of safety and and making the right decisions and not using your cell phone. And they bring the CHP in, and it's sponsored by Kia and it's sponsored by a whole bunch of other people. And so it's really great. And then they put them in these cars, the Kias, and then they take them on three different courses. And one of the courses, they put these skid plates on the back of the, uh, around the back tires so they can go around turns and feel what it's like to slide out and how to correct mm-hmm. for the slide out. And so you see these kids go around the course the first time and they're doing like 360 donuts because they're, you know, they're not getting grips. And then a couple of times around, they start to learn how to compensate and, and it teaches them, it's kind of teaching them muscle memory if mm-hmm. something bad happens, how to kind of get out of it. Uh, they teach them, not at, at Pomona, they couldn't do this, but they teach them how to react if your wheel goes off the side of the road. Like, you know, you're driving yeah. on Pear Blossom to Vegas and maybe one of your wheels drops off. And your tendency is to sort of jerk back on the road. Very dangerous. They talk to you about just calm down, drive slow, slow down, get back on the road. Mm-hmm. And then they do a course where they take you around the course once. 
And then they take you around the course again, and the guy's literally trying to distract the hell out of you. Look at this on my phone. Turn the radio up, like while you're driving to give you an idea of what that's like. Mm-hmm. They give you pointers. Like if your friend's driving like an idiot, tell him to stop and get out of the car. Call an Uber. Call a Lyft. Get the hell out of there. And the third one is they run you through. Uh, they show you what it's like when the anti-lock brakes you know, kick in so you, you're not surprised by that because that's a little bit mm-hmm. – can be a little bit unusual. And they take you on a slalom course. They talk to you about like hand position on the wheel. And what do you guys – what's the hand position that you were taught? Ten and two. Ten and two, yeah. That is incorrect. It is but three and nine. That's where – the bump is on the it, it's Tesla. It's actually a little bit lower. Yes. No, if your thumbs go into that bump, right, you're at three and nine if your thumbs are properly placed on the thing. And one of the reasons is a lot of people put their hand over the middle. And this yeah. is something I hadn't thought about until they talked about it. You put your hand like over the top and you're one hand in it mm-hmm. and driving. If you get into an accident, that airbag is going to throw your hand back Smash into your, your face. I didn't think Bad about that. news. Right? Or if you're hooking, same kind of thing. Like if your hands are at, at at three and nine, and the airbag deploys, they'll typically, you know, go out to the side, right? They'll get pushed out. But if they're at, at 10 and two, they could just, you could come back and punch yourself in the face. So little things like that. And nice. then they take the parents out on, I did the ABS thing. I did mm-hmm. the slalom thing. They tell mm-hmm. you how to, the most interesting thing that I learned from these people was the, the, the side view mirrors. So yeah. when you guys are in your cars and you're yes. in your side view mirrors, and the Tesla's pretty wide in the back. Do you have a lot of your car in the mirror? A zero. bit of my car. I have you a have bit zero. Of, I have zero. a bit of my car so I, I can work that's out. That's why. Go ahead. Go Right, so it, but most you, right? most people have a little bit, a lot of the back of their car in because that's where they want to see like where yes. cars are, right? But if you flip those out, so you don't see any of your car, or the only way you see your car is if you go a little bit to your right, a little bit to your left. That that's proper, and it zeroes out your blind spots almost completely. By the time the car is out of the blind spot, it's in your peripheral vision. I have to say, this is one of the things that. Maybe one of the top five reasons, if I sit back and think about it, why I love my Model S. Because it's designed exclusively for me. Me, my body's type, my size, everything. Because if I adjust both side view mirrors so that I, I've, I've just lost the edge of the car, where my seat's positioned and everything, I have zero blind spot. Yeah. Zero. And so I don't even have to turn my head. I do out of habit, but I don't even have to turn my head to look when I'm mm-hmm. changing lanes on the yeah. freeway. And that makes driving that car so yeah. much better for me. But they said most people keep their mirrors too far in. That's what I did. And that's too what I in. learned, right? So it totally eliminates your blind spot. By the time the car's out of the mirror, it's in your peripheral vision if you do it this way. So that's a good little tip right I there. remember when they first started putting right-sided mirrors on cars yeah and i had a couple of like i had an old mgb and i put these really nice big mirrors on either side of the on the door i had to actually drill into a car it's the mm-hmm. first time i think i ever did that put yeah. a you know put a drill to the car metal anyway it made it all the difference in the world yeah. and, and it took years for that to come out so you can find these guys at put on the they do these all over the country so it's not just in california they've done mm-hmm. them in i think 40 states or so at this point and they do them pretty regularly they have a west coast team they have an east coast team it's and the best part about it it's free right because it's sponsored right you have to give them 99 dollars to hold your spot which i did yesterday and (laughs) you're gonna do april in pomona april in pomona so 
That's the next one in the Los Angeles area is April in Pomona. And so it's 99 bucks to hold your spot. And then you can either choose to donate that money at the end of the class or get your check back if you mailed in a check. If you paid by credit card, you've made a $99 donation, basically. But they have a big rig out there. Here's another thing that I learned. They have two big rigs from a, a KKS sh- trucking, I think is what it was. And they let you sit in them, and you get to see their blind spots. Uh-huh. right? And they'll talk to you. And so I talked to the guy about what do you want us to do as drivers when we're on the freeway if we're merging in front of a big rig, should we slow down and kind of let you go? He's like, no, you should punch it and get in front of us. That's what we'd rather do because you have more flexibility than we do. If you can get past us, get past us. Right. Also, those trucks are automatic. Yes. Yeah, nowadays. Amazing. Yeah, now, yeah. They're, They're big Volvo trucks. You can see up. They showed you the blind spots, the mirrors, what they can and cannot see. Fascinating. It sounds like a really good program. It was program. cool. So what's really important up. Really important for me, because maybe I'll see you there in April, too. Maybe we can even record. Record. Yeah. yeah. So Give the most important advertising. thing for Talking Tesla Nation is how do we parents convince our youngins to do this? So you don't it, convince them. There are some things. My son gets to basically do whatever he likes, but there are some things occasionally where I'm like, there is no choice. This is one of those we're going. Like, so they address that during the thing, like yes. kicking and screaming. Most kids are like, you show up and they're like, oh my God, this is terrible. Like my daughter was not down. She's like, why are you wasting my Saturday? Why are you wasting my Saturday? Yeah. Because this is what I want for you. I want you to learn these things that they're talking about. Literally by the first like rotation of the three areas, they're laughing, they're smiling. I mean, come on, how many places do you get to take a car and 360 spin it around <laughs> yeah, a turn right. without your parents screaming at you <laughs> while you're doing it? Right. You know, like in horror. It's amazing. So support these guys. Put on the brakes. Support their support their uh, their sponsors. They have a lot long list of sponsors. They're sending me a whole lot of press information because I talked to one of their vice presidents uh, and their PR head because I was you know I figured it'd be good mm-hmm. for the show because as the Model Three comes out, my guess is more teens are going to be driving that. And what I talked to him about was it might be nice for them to either try to see if they can get some Kia Soul EVs because I personally feel like that's a very different type of car to drive, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot more torque instantaneously, and I think that's something that they could incorporate into the program. So, Tesla, if you're listening, maybe you want to become sponsor of these guys with your Model 3s. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there's some EV aspects of this thing. These are good people. It though. would be good if they did something like, all right, now you're going to be driving in autopilot, and we're not going to tell you when the autopilot shuts off. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of ways yeah. to add to it, um, obviously not making it too complicated. So it's four hours. It's usually at a wide-open, very controlled course. They do a nice job, and they're good people. So it says it's a two-day event. So is they it They do it Saturday days? and Sunday. And like, so they do two four-hour blocks, two four-hour blocks mm. each day for two days, right? Because there's a lot of expense mm. to go to the area. They got to fly all of their trainers in. They had sure. the the student to trainer ratio was like under three to one. Wow! So it was pretty. So amazing. they do it at eight a.m. and one p.m. And I'm Correct. registering for the Pomona. I'll, and they're uh, registered for a five hundred three C nonprofit. They're yes. um, they're all legit. So uh, thank you for that, Tom. I thought that was really important. Free advertising for them. I signed up. I'm going in April. I'm excited. Nice. About I'm excited. Yeah. And now I'm even more excited that I'm, you know, hear about cars spinning out and stuff. That's yeah. cool. Hopefully in a safe manner. I and, got some video of that, by the way, I can share with the oh, people. Uh, oh, yeah. Sam Holford sent us a letter and he says this. My mum lived off grid forever, for over a decade using a 10 kilowatt battery pack and uh, all the usual appliances except her dryer. 
And only when she got her Leaf did she need to upgrade to a 20 kilowatt hour battery pack. I don't know which one he's using. So the inefficiency, the energy efficient home, if it was plugged into 100D, could basically run for 10 days. So uh, she, he loves the show and also says, we need a secret RSS feed for Patreon. So I wanted to use this as a reminder that we are trying to get that done now. CC the smart one is going to create an RSS feed. So instead of having to go to the website or get it via email, you Patreon subscribers will get an RSS feed of the Patreon Why doesn't content. it just work in their iTunes podcast? Because not everybody gets it, only the Patreon people, and it's hard to work out how to get it to just individual oh, people. It's like the secret handshake. Which also reminds me that I would really like to upgrade the Talking Tesla website to be as functional as our paid-for medical program called MRAP, but which has a- its own website, which has its own app, which has its own video, which would allow mm. us to do a lot of things. But I talked to our smart Canadians that put that together and said, how much would it cost for you to replicate the paid MRAP program and do it for Talking Tesla? And they said, oh, it wouldn't be much. Just twenty or $30,000. <laughs> so I'm just saying, we need some more Patreon cash. So maybe we need a swag store so we uh, actually can make some of that I money. I would so love to do that. It would be so much better. But twenty or $30,000 is a lot more Patreon dollars. Yeah, well, I almost drove away the other day with my talking Tesla mug on top of my car. <gasps> and I thought, if that happens, I'm so screwed because there's no store to buy another mug. Yeah, we're no, working on a little bit of it. swag as Don't well. Don't drive around with your mug. That's the key takeaway point yeah, from that. Craig Carter, Craig Carter from two weeks ago said, look, you did uh, Amazon Echo. You did uh, the Google Home. You did the Siri. But you forgot to tell us which one is smarter. I think it's intrinsically obviously which yeah, one that, is the smarter. That's why we didn't do it. That's right. <laughs> Google Home is by far the smartest of those three currently. Google, hey. why are you so smart? Hey, Google, why are you so smart? That was My apologies. I don't understand. Not that smart. (laughs) Okay, let's get to the earnings call. Let's not bury the lead here. So last week we had the earnings call. This is where I guess uh, you have to do this if you're a company that uh, is uh, on the stock market. You've got to tell them all about the things that are going on. That is true. It is legally uh, required. required. So I broke this into a number of different sections here. So first of all, let's talk about money. That's the biggest reason. So they said some things like this. We won't go through the whole thing. The Patreon people actually got the entire audio that I sent to them, Thomas. Mm. They've got $3.5 billion cash on hand. They did $7 billion in revenue, up 73% from last year. They're going to spend down to a billion dollars as they ramp up for Model That's 3 production. $2.5 billion. That's a lot of billions. They delivered 76,000 cars last year, a little less than they'd hoped for. They plan on creating... Uh, 50,000 S's and 50,000 X in the first half of this year. And so uh, I couldn't find, though, whether they made a profit. Did they lose money? I they think lost they lost money, money a l- slightly less than they people were, expected. They were sort of right in the middle range of their loss per share. Some analysts thought they would lose more. Some analysts hoped they would lose less. And they were kind of right in the middle. Okay. And uh, you wanted to talk about, and I'm so afraid of it, the uh, tax benefits um, from <laughs> Tesla and right. next so year. Please you, don't you, get it wrong. So they plan on 50,000 S's and they plan on 50,000 X's. We don't know what the distribution of those cars would be, right? If they're, a whole bunch of them are going to Asia or a whole bunch of them are going to Europe. It, just a question of if 
let's say two-thirds of those or half of those or, or some number of them go to the U.S. numbers, that's going to put them somewhere in, you know, 170,000 units to 150. Like if it's half, it basically puts them at right around 150,000 units sold to the U.S. before they make a Model 3. So are they are they going to start, like, massaging those numbers? Like, do you think that they have any time or or how much energy they're going to put into that particular thing. You think they're they're going to put in a lot to try to maximize it as much as possible or they're just going to be like, look, we're going to make cars, we're going to sell cars, we're going to get to the point where the Model 3 is released and if you get the $7500, you get it. If you get the 3750, you get the 3750 like right. we can't possibly change our production plans based on that. It seems that would be crazy, but maybe maybe it's not. I don't think so. I think they're just going to make as many cars as fast as they can. The end. I mean, I think. So. What it, do I know? It would be. You know, I can see why Elon says if all of the incentives went away, Tesla would be better off. And this is one of the very prime examples. Imagine how who's working on this right now, saying, "Okay, dial up China deliveries, dial down California deliveries, change this, change that." I mean, it's like I realize they have like a you know like a uh, a variability of maybe two weeks in when they deliver a car, at least domestically. But they don't want a ton of cars sitting around. They want every single car in an owner's hands, so they get paid. And so this just makes everything so complicated. Boy, it just gives me a headache. So you wanted to talk about energy generation and storage gross margin versus cars. Talk to us about where this growth is going to be. So again, Elon has said he believes that Tesla could become have a market cap as big as Apple within a reasonably short period of time, which would make it about 20 times bigger than it is right now. Where's the growth going to be? Yeah, they said, quote, long-term gross margin is expected to be similar to automotive. This is referring to Tesla energy, but with a significantly higher revenue growth rate. So as Tom was saying, as the smart one, this is where it's all going to happen. The, um, I, I have to interrupt, though. It's really important. You're interrupting yourself, which yes. is Interrupt funny. yourself. I'm interrupting, <laughs> I'm interrupting sort of the chain that we have okay. already laid out about this earnings call and how we were going to cover all the items. But really, the most important thing, most important thing on this call uh, is that Mel can relax. There's a, there's a quote in the earnings letter which that, i missed in the call indeed and i didn't hear it in the call either but of course the call was just basically elon saying a few things and then they took like 11 questions and those questions are what we're trying to cover but it says we plan to accelerate the expansion of the supercharger network this year 2017 starting with doubling our number of north american supercharger locations in 2017 amazing amazing although it's not a 10x it's not 10x, it's only 2x. I want 10x, Robert. And if they put them all in Mexico, it's not going to help you because there's going to be a big wall. So 2x. Yeah, great. I want 10x. So <laughs> I'm still freaked out. Shut right. up. But the reason that they're even able to 2x, the only reason they're able to 2x, in their opinions, is that they got rid of free supercharging for life. So now they're going to be getting a little bit of cash from all those Model 3 drivers eh. that are going to be using the supercharger. So why else are they doing it? Well, they're doing why, it because they need more. They're doing it because they're they need more, but they're going to be getting some. There's a revenue model for it, not a profit model, but right. at least a revenue model that kind of makes it a break even proposition. Hopefully, right? I, I can't imagine 
the revenue they get from people charging beyond their grace amount is going to pay for even one supercharger. I mean, it's going to be minuscule. But if you're a if you're if there's a million Model Threes in okay. the next year and a half on well, the road, right? That's that's a ma- an order of magnitude more cars in North America alone that are currently on the road, right? We see Teslas all the time. But that's yes, like two years from now. I understand that, that, but that, you have. But it's going to take two years to build them. No, it's going to take two years and six months to build them if they're going to wait for that kind of revenue. Well, they're to not going to wait for that revenue, but they know that that revenue is potentially coming because you also have to realize that a good majority potentially of the Model 3 owners are going to be people who maybe don't have access to a charger at their home, so they're going to have to be a little bit more widespread. Just ima- okay, imagine this. In imagine, Los Angeles, there's that. there's Teslas freaking everywhere, which yes, means there, there are is. going to be Model 3s between all of those Teslas that yes, are freaking there. everywhere. Thank you. And there is literally, what, two main superchargers in Los Angeles proper, Burbank and Culver City. Well, there's also Redondo Beach and Hawthorne. Hawthorne, right. So four. Okay. Four superchargers. Right. And they're already pretty heavily taxed. Burbank, you can almost never get into. Right. Culver City is pretty close to the same thing. Same I've never, Hawthorne is kind of hidden behind SpaceX, so it might well, might not be quite as impactful. Impacted, no, they're but all re- really busy. Right. So if they don't double, even if they double LAs, but they triple the amount of Teslas, and it's for people who don't have home chargers, those things are going to get used a, a lot. lot. I think it needs to be, I don't know, 10 times as many. <laughs> I don't know how many times I have to tell you, but Tesla. We're get letters, 10 times as many. But we're going to get letters from people complaining about us, Angelinos. But again, we got most of the cars. We need most yeah. of the chargers. Let me just state for the record before Robert goes, if you have not been to Los Angeles, if you're in one of these other places and you're like, well, you should just use your Tesla when you're on long trips, come to Los Angeles. My wife and I were driving yesterday. We'd go over to see Grandpa. We drove the Bolt. And just driving up our street, and we're not in Beverly Hills. So yeah, it's a nice suburb, but it's not Beverly Hills. There was a Tesla in front of us, a red Tesla behind us, and behind that Tesla was another Tesla. And my wife's like, what the hell? Does everybody drive a Tesla around here? They're everywhere. We need more to superchargers. Did you have a sticker on the car so they could see the talking yeah, Tesla? Yeah, and I'm, I'm was... trying to weave in front of them. I'm pointing at the sticker. <laughs> he's, he's waving a talking Tesla flag above him. So I'm waiting for there to be some sort of a startup that starts to target non-profitable gasoline stations to convert them into electric vehicle charging stations. In other words, say, hey, I've got 50 properties, Tesla. Come, put a couple superchargers at each one. Hey, uh, Bolt, put some CCS. It doesn't have CCS, does it? Yeah. Bolt? Okay. Bolt CCS. CCS yeah. yeah, and BMW, come put a couple of CCS chargers over here. We're going to make a little lounge. We're going to sell a little coffee and actually make a charging station instead of a gas and station chevy and bmw are going to be like if you think there's a business in it then build it yourself i'm actually uh quite seriously i'm quite interested in this we have a lot of people who listen to this show and a lot of those people are pretty well to do i'm guessing and a lot of those people are business people if you're interested in maybe forming a conglomerate to do something like this to try it out and maybe do some math i'm interested in speaking to you about it because i think there is a business opportunity here and i don't really care about it except for the fact that i would like to help push this along and maybe that's we can do that as a nation if uh, five or 10 of us get together we could probably build one of these and see if it's cost effective or I at could, least do it on paper first i could see it being 
well accepted in Los Angeles in the right kind of model. Mm-hmm. Even though we are kind of a go-go community, the problem is going to be Maybe this isn't a problem, but I see one issue being like, okay, let's say you live in a building or a house near one of these stations, right? right? Yeah. And your apartment is or your home is is a block or two away. You're just yes. going to bring your car down yes. there. You're going to plug in. You're going to pay your charging amount, yeah. and you're going to walk back to your house potentially, right? You're not necessarily going to hang out and have a coffee or a sandwich. You might. Okay. But okay. but chances are, especially in the middle of the night, you know, there there's going to be people that do that kind I'm of thing. I'm thinking of having a dude that's part of this setup. That For sure. Lives there, not lives ah. there, but works there overnight. And he just takes your keys and he just like, leave your car and I'll charge it up and come get your but key But then the you need a much bigger space. Like if that's the model and mm-hmm. that's part of the model, you need a much bigger area to park all of the additional cars that are not being charged but haven't been picked up. Uh, you park them at the mall next door. It's all about location. Right, exactly. I That's what I'm saying. I More, this, much bigger area. I would really like to do the math on this, but I'm no math genius. Two-part two feed. Uh, Two-part fee. One part, kilowatt hours. Second part, idle. So, number one, you pay for phase one, mm-hmm. which is just the amount you, of energy you draw. So, some cars can only draw kilowatts at a certain rate. So, like our first-generation plug-in Prius is pathetic, right? You can only charge it at a very, I think, I don't remember how many kilowatts, but it's only a few. And so some cars like a Tesla can suck it really fast. So suck it, Tesla. Suck it, man. <laughs> Teslas suck. And so, you know, what do you how do you balance that out? If the Prius has to sit there for four hours or five hours to charge up, but a Tesla could do it for, you know, forty minutes. Uh-huh. So there's a disparity there. Then if you leave your car, as soon as you stop drawing, and they do they could do the same thing. If you want to fill up at our station, here's the our app. And our app starts bugging you at 10 minutes, you know, T minus 10 minutes of mm-hmm. finished charging, and we're going to charge you an idle fee. And the idle fee maybe increases as time goes on. Of course, if somebody walks away and dies in the bathroom, that's kind of a, a, a bad yeah, Well, thing. I mean, that's a weird use case. But that's true. Okay. But I'm sure there's stuff in It'll there happen. that we haven't thought of. Of course there is. And the second part is, you know, in L.A., uh, they're talking about increasing the sales tax by half a percent. Have you heard about this? It's on the ballot. No. Next week's ballot. <gasps> That's to uh, to fund homeless shelters and services. So this is a double win. What if we could give a lot of folks who don't have a home or a job a place to sit and watch the cars that are charging? That sounds careful. Cool. I don't know. Ladies I mean, and gentlemen, this is boys, more employment. I um, want to talk about uh, CFO. The CFO is leaving. Jason Wheeler was the CFO, and they said he is leaving, and he's going to scratch and its to work in the public sector, and the old CFO, Deepak Aoun, is returning. Now, this is the guy that was there. That is not his name. I don't know what his name is, (laughs) but he's back. And he's the guy that took them through all the really close to bankruptcy stuff. A lot of people have said, this seems way out of the blue. What's going on here? This Jason guy is just like up and leaving. I didn't sit, hear that at all. I heard he's leaving in a couple of months. There's a clear, easy transition to somebody who knows this company very well. Mm-hmm. Why the conspiracy theories? Oh. This guy wants to go and work in the public sector and do something? That's it's fine. Simple. It's simple. It's because we're short 10,000 shares of Tesla, and we need to get our money out. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't uh, I don't think yeah, it's a big deal. he even said that he wasn't going to – the only reason – the real reason he's leaving is because there is somebody that was in very competent – willing to take that spot. Otherwise, he would have stayed a little longer to make sure that they could replace somebody. Sometimes people just want to do the right thing. I, I can imagine, as we've talked about, that 
Working at Tesla is a very high pressure go, 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 mm-hmm. go, go, sure. go kind of job. So I can see after a few years, like, this has been fun. I got to experience it. Uh, I'm going to cash out a couple of my shares now, but I need to slow down a little bit. This is, uh, you can't run this fast all the time. I mean, Tesla and SpaceX both have a high burn rate when your stock options vest. And I don't know if it's three years or five years, but at that point, you're sitting with this opportunity, if you have the cash, to buy a lot of shares at a much lower rate, a much lower price. And so it's like a big bonus. Do you cash out or do you stay? You know, it, everybody has their own personal tolerance for hard work. Let's talk about uh, bundles of insurance. And maintenance. So one of the things I talked about there is that somebody asked the question, look, if your car really is 90% safer with full autonomy than driving, then surely insurance rates are going to come way down. And uh, they said, yeah, that's how it's probably going to happen. And in fact, in parts of Asia, they already do this in that they self-insure the Tesla. So they do some deal with a third-party insurance company, and then they bundle the car, the maintenance, and the insurance all into one package. So I go and buy my S and I'm like, yep, I want the four-year extra maintenance package and I want you to insure it for me at way less than I uh, used to insure my ice car without full autonomy. And I think this is freaking cool because I want one-stop shopping. But two things. One, is the insurance company industry freaking out with autonomous vehicles that they're going to have a way less cash coming in? And two, Tom doesn't like this or Somebody doesn't like this. I don't like it. They're going to have way less cash coming in. However, you know, the insurance model is kind of built on how much cash that has to go out, right? So that part of it, I don't think they're freaking out as much. So let's say they get 90% less premiums, but they're paying out 95% less in payments, right? You know what I'm saying? Yes. It could be basically the same profit is what I'm trying to say there, potentially, right? And all they have to do is dial the numbers so that their profits increase, and, and that's really what matters to insurance. But what I thought was interesting was that Elon was kind of complaining in here. And he says, you know, if insurers will only give a, sol- a paltry discount for autopilot, like 5 to 10%, yet it reduces crashes by 40%, that seems unfair. And I feel really good that Elon's kind of looking out for us, Tesla Nation. And uh, John McNeil, who was on the call, I think I can't remember what his position is, but he says that we've been doing this quietly in Asia. So what I want to do is I want to call out John McNeil. Show me. Show me the money, John McNeil, because I went to the Tesla Motors Club forum and I went to the Tesla website for China. I couldn't read it. <laughs> and I very went, helpful. And Google then I was, Translate, buddy. Did you try that? No. And then I went to the – because it kind of is – it's okay – but it's not great. No, but it's it might have gotten Can you in the ballpark. Google Translate and the Find feature at the same time to try and figure out if they ever mentioned the word insurance. Maybe. So nevertheless, uh, I then went to the Australian Tesla website because I was tipped off that they have a insurance program in Australia, and I spent another forty five minutes and found nothing. Well, nothing about insurance. A lot about Australian Teslas. But I found some cool stuff about uh, Teslas in Australia, basically around paying for your supercharger use. Right. Interesting. But if but any the, Australians are out the there, one they can tell that, us about insurance. The one thing that you mentioned that you sort of that we didn't discuss, and I would like to talk about it for a second, is Please. right. If a Tesla is my insurance provider, yes, and I get into a car accident, yes, and that now they're my insurance provider that's investigating fault, yes, and it's 
I'm in autopilot, mm-hmm. and it was the autopilot's fault. You think they're going to lie? I don't know if they would lie, but I, that makes me a tiny bit uncomfortable. That particular scenario, I, have a bit of a I would like of an independent aspect to the investigation, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's possible. But my guess is that Tesla would contract with an insurance company that already has underwriters and infrastructure right. and all that stuff. And I would hope that it would be AAA because they have the best service. But in my opinion, in in China, triple. Uh, uh, uh. No, I'm talking about here in in, in am, Australia. A- I think it's called the in air in air in RMA. I think, mate. I think that's <laughs> what it's called. Is that right, Australians? Is it called the in RMA in Australia? That's the uh, car thing. Let us know, Bruce. Bruce, let Bruce. us know. Yeah. So that's uh, hopefully. Uh, I didn't even think about that. That there's a con- uh, intrinsic conflict of interest, um, but. Hopefully there is a firewall between uh, the insurance aspects and the uh, other part of the company. Robert disagrees. Go ahead, Robert. Don't. Dare, how dare you disagree in those I, times of? I I trust Elon. I think that <sighs> I don't. I don't see where blind, blind trust. I don't. Hold see on. That. Let Robert take a sip of his Kool Aid. <laughs> I don't Let's see where <laughs> Tesla has been in the screw Tesla owners box. Really. No, I think I agree with you. I think that they're a pretty good company, and that would be very bad PR. That's not they're going to do it because they're nice. It would be exceptionally bad PR if there there was a whiff of a Tesla is lying about its uh, insurance. Be, again, uh, and again, I'm not saying that they would be lying, but I think that for their own personal safety, that they should distance themselves as much as possible from that sort of thing. We've ran into things where people were like, "My autopilot was on, or my TACC yes. was on, and my car took off." Yes. And what has Tesla done? Oh no, it wasn't on. We, you know, like we're coming out and protecting ourselves, right? Like they, they, they've but done it. And I'm not saying that they weren't right in that particular instance, but those are the kinds of things that would start to accumulate, and people would be like, "What the hell, man?" Well, but they're currently, currently, there are federal agencies that would be involved in the investigation, particularly of a death. So they, so they would not want to be lying about this stuff. So I think, fine. A little bit of paranoia is good. I don't think we have to worry about it. That's currently – there seems to be a reduction in federal agencies overlooking things right now. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't want to sure. get into politics because people have said, don't talk politics on the show. Bad. We will talk politics on the show when required, but I agree with you because I've been listening to a number of different political – a number of different podcasts that are talking a lot about politics, and now I get it. Because if you don't really do this for a living, you do it really badly and shitty, and we're bad and shitty politicians. Yeah speakers. So let's talk about, are they on time for Model 3? Without being explicit, they didn't come out and say Model 3 will be on time, but they did say a number of things that suggested that they are on time. They first of all said the first series of cars is going to go to employees. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Well, you could work for them, Tom, if you want it. They're going to go to employees because that makes sense because then they can find out the little problems and the employees can bring it in and get it fixed. big problems. And they said, somebody asked, when will the design studio be up? And he said, probably just before we go to production. And then the follow-up was, when is the design studio going to come up? And he said, three or four months, which suggests that full production is going to be three or four months plus a little bit of time. So this suggests that they are... At least they believe they're going to be doing this by the mid-year. Yeah, I believe that is true, that they are definitely planning for that. I don't remember exactly when the time came from when they opened the design studio for the Model X S and S to when they started to deliver the first ones, what that sort of clickety, it, that, that time frame it is. It was a delay. 
It was a delay, but I remember it was pretty close because when I got my ex, the design studio, we wet ourselves when the design studio went live because that <laughs> I personally wet myself. We did. No, and, we did. And uh, it wasn't long after. So, But then I saw an article here in Electric that actually has specific numbers, which I may have missed. And it says their plan right now is that in July to be doing 1,000 a week, Yeah. Uh, August to be doing 4,000 a week. This is Model 3s. By September... 5,000 a week, and then in 2010, 10,000 a week. And if all those numbers are right, then we're going to see about 200,000 vehicles by the end of the year. I think your numbers are off. I'm sorry. Your number says 100,000. First off, your math oh, right there says 100,000. Sorry, my math says 100,000 by the end of the year. But a total of 200,000 Teslas right. by the end of this year. So um, um, let me just say, having taken notes, my God, look at July, July was 1,000 units, August, 2,000 units. September, 4,000 units. Per week. week. Yeah, exactly. And then 5,000, quote, by the end of the year. That's, I thought it was 5,000 so like by September. Potentially 20,000 in September, in December, right? If it's 5,000 by the end of the year, if they get fully yeah, ramped 4. up. 4.3 weeks. So, again, we asked the question, will uh, reservation uh, holders that stood in line on the first day, will you? What's the probability that you'll see yours by the end of the year? That's kind of high. It's a reasonably high. I think so, if this holds true. But is it okay? So you went to the store, yeah, and you didn't own a Tesla. You're behind somebody who went to the, the store, store and did it, own a Tesla. That's correct, right? And then if you're online and you own a Tesla. You're in front of somebody who was online and didn't own a Tesla? I believe so. So that makes me fourth because you have employees. But if you're in California, you get the first round. Right, but it makes me fourth of the Californians. Right. So employees first. Employees first. People who went to the store and own a Tesla Tesla second. second. People who went to the store and don't own a Tesla. And then people who went online and own a Tesla. That's where I would fall in. The real question, I guess, is why wouldn't online Tesla owners jump in-store non-Tesla owners? The real question is why don't they effing tell us where <laughs> we are in line so that you can make some guesses yeah. about when you're getting your I, car? I think we should uh, compare our Tesla reservation numbers because I went to the Tesla website. That thing's gone now. The the, the one I found this thing where – Early on, if you looked at the code of the website sure. for your reservation number, there was a more common ID number, and about 350 of them got put into this Google Doc uh-huh. that basically the number starts with 350,000, and it was how, and they put them in line basically behind that. So they're about 350 based on their dates, and, and most of them are really, really close to that 350,000 number if they were March 31st. Uh, so orders, but they but Tesla removed that line of code from their yeah, website. I didn't start at zero, and then you can just like oh, I'm number one hundred twelve thousand. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to see. I mean, I went up to the website and and I was confused. I, the reservation numbers mean nothing because I believe they're just random. Yeah, yeah, so, my number is huge. Yeah, so we just we still don't know, and it's a little frustrating. I I'd like some explanations, like why don't you just sort of give people an a Approximate number of where they lie in this giant list of three or four hundred thousand people. I think it's a, probably a difficult algorithm because, like we said, right? There's those four parameters plus demographics of like where you are in the world. It's not that hard an algorithm. They're going to do it anyway. Just yeah, it's got to be random because well, I I reserved two cars at the same time, and my last three digits are like five hundred apart. 
Well, that could it's be crazy. true because there may have been two seconds between when you ordered the first one and the second one. There's probably yeah, more than that. Yeah, but the other digits don't even make sense. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. Makes all right, no let's sense. move on. Let's talk about Gigafactory 235. So uh, this is from Teslarati, but it's about the earnings call. So they're now going to call Solar City Plant in Buffalo, New York, as Gigafactory 2. Or GF2. Deuce. Number. Drop the deuce on New York. Number deuce. But they are going to do Gigafactory 3, 4, and 5, and they're going to re- reveal these and talk more about them later in the, the year. The location of them, not reveal them, where they're going to put Yeah, so they revealed that they are making more Gigafactories. They are planning more Gigafactories. Bigger factories. And, <laughs> bigger uh, Giga. Bigger Giga. And they're going to tell us where they are. So it seems likely, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, that Europe will be third and China fourth or mm. the other way around, that China will be first and then Europe. Um, and then number five, I'm saying should be in Perth, Australia, because they've got all the lithium and they could do Australia and they could do Japan. I'm just putting it out there. I think it should be in Australia. But Teslarati has an article here that suggests that the European one, not only are they saying, okay, Europe's going to be way up there, it's going to be number three or number four, they suggest that it should be in Sweden because there's this giant old Saab plant that's making a few EVs, and that would be the logical place to make a Gigafactory slash Fremont giant factory. What do you think, Tom? I think that's probably – it seems likely but probably untrue because I think if Elon had it to do over again, he probably wouldn't have tried to retrofit the Toomey plant because I feel – like, he's had to sort of jam things in. We've been on that tour. Like, there's just crap everywhere. It doesn't feel like the most efficient way to build stuff if you were going to start from scratch, right? Like, there's this is over here, that's over there. Like, they've, it feels like they've kind of had to shoehorn stuff over there in Fremont. And at Gigafactory Nevada, they can do whatever they want. And it feels like they're moving more towards this model where they're building cars and batteries and packs and power walls in one factory. So, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle. These are like Elon. This is like the the whole environmental movement is to try and reduce our carbon footprint. And if a factory exists and they can shoehorn in equipment that they need and it gives them the ability to knock down a wall and build out in another direction – I think they'll just do it. It makes total sense. You don't have to repermit. You don't have to dig new all that stuff that goes underneath. What? Why are you making? You don't have to repermit. I mean, come on. Well, I think what Robert's saying is right. If Um, you're just filling an old factory with new equipment, why would you need? How big is the Tumi factory in relation? The Swedish factory in relation. To what a gigafactory size? Well, smaller. There might be significant other infrastructure nearby, like train stations and all this stuff that would right. uh, supply that. So, who knows? We're just uh, waffling on here, but um, it's, it's what in, we do. It's Trollhattan, <laughs> and the people there in Sweden are like, please put it here, please put it here, please put it here. And the reason they want it there is because of what's happening in Gigafactory uh, Nevada, which um, another article here from Teslarati saying that currently they have a thousand employees. of these employees are from Nevada. They have 2,500 construction workers. They're building this 5 million square foot uh, facility, which is going to be the biggest thing in the world. And eventually they will have 10,000 jobs when this gets up to full speed. 10,000. That's That's a shit ton of jobs. That is a lot of jobs, Tom. Shit ton. That's a... And they plan for 50 gigawatts, which will be enough for a million a year. But you question math, Tom. Well, I only question it because the original capacity was 35 gigawatts and 500,000 and enough batteries for 500,000 cars and 50 gigawatts and 1 million cars. The math doesn't super 
add up, in my opinion, unless some of those original estimates include Powerwall, Powerpack, and those haven't, you know, they're not expecting an increase in that, but we know that they're expecting an increase in those as sure. well. I think yeah. a lot of it just depends on, you know, I think the biggest number to, to focus on is the total output number and not how many cars that means. Right, and they have said, or Elon said in the past, that through the... Um the changes that the improvements at the Gigafactory, they actually think they can get up to 150 gigawatts, not just 50, as they dreadnought this whole place. Right. Well, I think one of the indicators that might entice China, France, Poland, Sweden, whatever country ends up with a Gigafactory 3 is what it does to the local economy. And I was just looking at Reno home values. I never considered living in Reno, but the thought of actually buying property there, well, it's already too late because this year, or I should say last year, 2016, house prices rose by 12, 12.9%. That's according to Zillow. I threw in a, uh, a link. And it's hard to believe, but uh, if you look at the number uh, they have a graph on their website. I love graphs. The house prices from pre-stock uh, market crash in 2008 were back up pretty much to those same levels now. And it's a really dramatic U-shaped curve. Uh, I can't believe this is all due to Gigafactory, but I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you're talking about a 1,000 jobs, which is, you know, maybe a 1,000 families, right. maybe 900 families. I mean, I don't know how many homes are in uh, the Reno area. The other thing that you just said, like, oh, it's probably too late. But if you're talking about this is the effect of a thousand employees, well, but there's now it could be ten thousand employees. You know, at at max, that's ten times more than current. Uh, Maybe a, not buy apartment building. Is yeah. this is this like the gold rush? Instead of buying right. the gold so and trying to dig for the gold, which is right. the cars, you should be buying the pitchforks and the houses and the, right. the I mean, services. You could extrapolate that even farther and like, okay. Where's the lithium in Australia? Where's the most logical place for the factory to be? Buy a whole bunch of land. I'm going to buy Perth. around around that and start building apartment buildings for workers. Let's go on to uh, mobile repair because we're going quite slowly as always here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. <laughs> oh. And I really do not want Tom to walk out again. Although it's it was funny happen. once, oh. it wasn't funny oh. twice. <laughs> I got shit to do. Yeah, mobile repair. So here, repairs have taken forever. So they've said ahead of Model Three launch, we're re-engineering and expanding our operations. We anticipate the needs of a much larger family of Tesla owners, of course, in service. Since more than eighty percent of our repairs are minor and can be done remotely, they're expanding their mobile repair service that allows Tesla to make uh, vehicle repairs at the person's home. And I can tell you, just last week they came out and they did a one for my Model X. They just put in some new stuff, um, and it's really nice to not have to take the car away. They've increased their service of cars by 95% uh, over the last year. Impressive. And in fact, they say that they've got their wait times down to less than a day globally. And I can tell you, six months ago, the wait time was weeks weeks and if they're really down to a day that is very impressive not down to a day around here but like when you average it out all out globally um and this you know speaks to what we have talked about on this program before when you have 10x the number of cars you can't have 10x the amount of repairs going on um but uh, they are expanding their repairs and this fleet of vehicles that come and fix your car and i think that's all good because uh, I don't want people to be whining about the fact it takes three weeks to get my car fixed. And a shout-out to Troy on the Tesla Motors Club forum. He's keeping track of Tesla service center statistics globally, and he's got a bunch of charts. I discovered this yesterday kind of late. But they're trying to work out 
how many lifts are in each Tesla service center? Because you can't just say, oh, well, they opened up three new service centers. That's going to make little difference or a lot of difference. What if one has 12 service bays and one has two service bays? So they're actually trying to get down to the granular detail of all the Tesla service centers. And it's an impressive increase in the number of service centers, although lately only I think they've announced three new service centers in the last month. Right, but they're not running the service centers on three shifts either at this point, right, which they're doing at the factory, so they could do that. Some are running at two Two shifts. But that's not three. I understand. You know, two is not two three. Is less I think than we three. can all agree with It's one less. It's a half, 50% less it's than two. It's like two thirds, like 66%. But <laughs> we could do this all day, kids. Hey, the display technologies. Uh, again, I'm going to give this one to electric, but it was on the same call. And uh, there's a quote here. It says, the Model 3 is designed for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. It is conservatively a simpler car than the S and the X. Some of these indications are obvious. For example, the Model 3 only has one screen, dun, dun, dun. whereas the S and the X has two screens Dose. and two separate computers powering each screen. The Model 3 has 1.5 kilometers of wiring. Model S has three kilometers of wiring. That's less. That is less. That's, That's half. 50%. That's 50%. That's yeah. 0.5. I mean, <laughs> let's not go there. So... Does, is this suggesting, therefore, that they are going to have a heads-up display? You're going to have that m- big middle console that's going to be in landscape, not portrait. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to just have a heads-up display run by the same computer. Please explain. That is uh, the word on the street. That is the interest in the commentary sections. Robert is shaking his head drastically. But what I say to you, talking Tesla people, is I feel like we have a poll question. <laughs> heads-up display? Or is the second screen going to magically pop up or uh, we're not, something else? Talking Tesla Nation is not going to decide this for Tesla. Yes, no, they but are. they're going to they decide it. They're going to tell us what they think. They're going to give us their opinions, much like we give them ours. Our we all want an X-Wing fighter is what we want. I don't want an X-Wing fighter. Oh, but It's we're too not complicated. Gonna, we're not going to get that. Yeah, plus, there's I don't one, want the emperor coming down on me. So here, here's, you know, they're, they don't, they're not going to put in a – they're saying we're trying to simplify – not two computers for displays, one computer for displays. If you have a computer, it has an output card for a screen. So, I mean, really... Yeah, because you can't put in a second video card, right? Of course, no, you no can one, have two no screens one, no from one, one computer. No one's ever put a second video card in their computer. i got three on that one over there. <laughs> it's not... It's trying Talking to, to simplify. the wrong guys. Simplify. <laughs> simplify. But so, so you're saying no heads-up display, just an so. in-dash display? Yeah, so what is the in-dash display going to be? So the dash – we've seen pictures of the dash display, but the the important thing is that the dash display no longer can'ts, tilts towards the driver. It's flat, so everybody in the car can see it because probably 90% of the time, or maybe more, when people are driving Model 3, it's going to be autonomous. I'll and give they're going to watch Harry Potter – Without dying. I'll give you that. If this is really a fully autonomous car, then you don't need a heads-up display. You need Netflix. Yeah. And you need a video card that can actually run Netflix. Well, we'll see. They did, but didn't, we've been talking about that they bought a heads-up display company. They've got deals with heads-up display company, and then they're not going to use the heads-up display. Mm. I think you're wrong. So you're going to be driving a car down the street, and occasionally you're going to want to drive it yourself. You're going to want to take over from the computer. And you're not going to have any idea how fast you're going. It's, That's what you're saying, Robert. It's going to be great. Right there. Here, I have a picture it right says here. says it where? Right where? On, on, the head, on the screen, at the moment here, they're just showing the... Yes. Uh, so I have to look so to the right media So he's showing us a picture of the Model center. 3 with the, with the screen in the middle. And you're saying all of There's the stuff's going to be there. There's multiple pictures of this screen showing 
map, speed, uh, a uh, little, what's that called? Compass. So you take your eyes off of where you're going to look down to see your. I'm going to say to the cop when he pulls me over for doing 85 miles an hour in a 35 miles an hour zone. I have no idea how fast I was going. I don't have a display. What do you want from me? (laughs) (laughs) Leave me alert. All right. Well, we'll see. I think you're wrong. I'm saying it here. Wrong. Bad. Stupid. (laughs) So uh, you're. All caps. Heads up display. You're a heads up display. I'm a heads up display guy. All right. Uh, battery pack size, they didn't really say. They talked about some average pack size, and we still don't really know what it is. Finally, uh, let's talk about unions. Elon doesn't think the unions will unionize. The workers will unionize. He's making a report, and he they are quoted as saying that they have half the injury rate that the rest of the car manufacturing industry. And I say soon, they're going to have a zero injury rate because it's going to be robots and no yeah. people. Elon's like, go ahead and unionize. Okay, robots on the way, bitches. No, he's not saying. All right, that's enough about the 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 earnings, earnings call. call. Um, if you want to read it, there is a PDF which has more information. Rob has put in uh, the link there. That was me. Oh, sorry, but that's cool. Tom. Whatever. Tom's a smart one. Whatever. Let's talk about my solar roof because it's about me. I mean, isn't it? It's always <laughs> well, been about me. I listen to the show. It it seems that it's edited to be about you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank Narcissist you. much. Uh, <laughs> me and the president, mate. It's all good. No, no politics. Here's my solar roof. Tesla Rati, um, I've got some uh, information here, and they're talking about, you know, Tesla said in November that they expect to generate $500 million in cash in the next two years from the solar city part of Tesla. And they're going to do this in part by cost synergies, which means they're going to cut advertising. They're going to sell these solar things in the stores. There's going to be all the synergism, and it's good. But I ask you the question, where is my solar roof? Because I need a solar roof. Because we're getting this new studio. If it goes through escrow, it's leaking like a sieve. There are big issues there, whatever. But it's going to need a new roof, and I want a new roof. And I, my wife foolishly asked the question, much is that going to cost? Like, why don't we just put on an asphalt roof, which we do here a lot in California, and then put solar panels on top? And uh, I can't find the answer. So I went to Business Insider. And they say, um, they give this quote that Tesla said that they're going to get down their solar roof to 40 cents per watt, which at first I'm like, that's fantastic. And then I realized that I paid $4 per watt to put solar on grandpa's house. And I look back at my other solar installation and I paid $5 per watt. So what is this point 40 cents That's for the watt? electricity part of it is my guess, right? I not the whole thing. It's clearly not the installed cost of a solar system here in the United States, which I looked up online and currently is averaging somewhere between 3 and $4 per watt installed. Right, I I just feel like there was some sort of error there somewhere and that they're still talking about it costing as much as putting on a traditional tile roof for the cost of the shingles. And then they're probably just maybe extrapolating the energy costs out of that because, A, they can get more in less space. Maybe they're going to get some efficiencies that they they imagine getting, but they're still going to be – a large cost to the whole system. So some people were suggesting that Elon said that the cost of the roof is going to be the same or less than a standard roof. But I believe that Elon said after you factor in savings from the solar generation. So for a standard house here in California, he I was say that. an asphalt sing- shingle roof on a <laughs> standard size house is... Can we... Well, me and Robert, it's asphalt. 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 
Asphalt. Asphalt. You should, asphalt. That word should not be hard for you, the ass part. Asphalt roof. Shingle here. <laughs> and a roof that's made out of that stuff here in California <laughs> is about five to $10,000 for a sort of standard-sized house here. And if you pay $3 per kilowatt installed, then that roof is going to cost me $40,000, which is fine. The business can afford to get a roof if you have the as- asphalt plus the solar panels. And about a 10,000 kilowatt system is about $40,000. But that's not what he was saying. He was saying the cost, it's the cost of not an asphalt roof, it's the cost of a tile roof plus electricity, right? It's not, it's a different amount, right? So a tile roof, we we talked about in an, another show, is maybe thirty to $40,000 plus the cost of electricity generation, can right. I get back to what I was trying to say? Because I'm I don't not know. making Can it clear you? at all. No, you're not. Yeah, It's exactly right. So they were showing some fairly expensive roofs and saying we're going to come in around the same price. We don't put in those expensive ones on houses at our house. We yeah. put in the cheap asphalt roof. <laughs> so awesome, I was, by the way. So I was trying to work out if I got an asphalt roof <laughs> and a 10,000 kilowatt system, how much would it cost? I and see. I'm saying – about $40,000. Will a Tesla solar roof on that house made out of glass cost $40,000? No. My guess is it's going to cost more like fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 potentially. That's a problem. Plus you're going to have pretty. to maybe do some work uh, shoring up your roof as it is, right? Because your roof was engineered for an asphalt roof, what? not for a tile roof. Asphalt? An asphalt. Yes, I said it right. Uh, your roof was engineered for an asphalt roof, not a tile roof. And we have a friend who had uh, his tile roof sort of sink because I don't think he did that engineering work prior. They're no. quite heavy. He did, they didn't really talk about how heavy these glass roofs are going to be in comparison to a shingle roof, did they? I did go onto the Tesla site and I looked at these roofs again and I looked at the reveal event again and I, they're just gorgeous. They really are. But yeah. how much? We don't know. Here, let's talk about SpaceX. You want to talk about the Gru, the Dragon uh, capsule, which looks pretty cool. It's awesome. I looked at uh, the SpaceX website. I was tooling around and, of course, getting distracted trying to prepare for today. And I found that SpaceX has put up a, a new, to me, page on Dragon capsule or Capsule Dragon. And it's really exciting. Uh, you, uh, They had once put out a little video, very short. You saw a couple of quick swipes through the capsule. You really couldn't get a sense of it, except that it's very stark and white. But now you can actually get really good images. There's five stills, and there's a nice little video that shows these five seats. They're very skeletal. They have like this headrest that wouldn't look comfortable at all, I guess, unless you're wearing a spacesuit with a big helmet. But your... Uh, but your Model X and S share a lot of features with the Crew Dragon capsule, like Alcantara cloth. The headliner in your car is the same material they're putting on the seats in the Dragon Crew capsule. Pretty cool. So you could stroke the roof of your car and imagine being an astronaut. They both have an enjoyable ride. That's in quotes. Don't touch the roof of my car, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> or in my capsule. And they both have a lot of G-forces, though in the Dragon crew capsule, as you're rocketing up through the atmosphere, they say it's the same G-forces as a ride at Disneyland, end quote. So I think that's pretty sweet. The Crew Dragon is also going to be fully autonomous, like your uh, Model 3, Tom. So you don't even have to push any of the buttons. If you look at the screens, they have a lot more buttons than a Model S or Model X. I counted like 23. Stupid buttons. 
It does look absolutely gorgeous. You know how uh, spaceships right now kind of look like there's lots of big knobby bits and stuff, and they look like an airplane, and they don't look that cool. They don't look like the movies. Right. This looks like the spaceship from the movies, sleek and beautiful and touchy bits and screens. They even put the windows in positions so all of the astronauts get a view of what's ahead and the Earth, and it's like it's, it's designed maybe for us. Us three, we could we could I am fly. Not going up. I'm so afraid of space. <laughs> not going up in Mars. Oh my what gosh. if they offered you a ride? What if you had? I, it might get to the point where you know Bigelow's Space Inn is constructed up there, and you can fly up to it on a Dragon capsule. Maybe in ten years, I don't know less, and you could go spend a couple nights waitless up there in space. Wow. I used to think that would be that's good, not, but then that's I watched not my jam, bro. I watched Aliens and then I, you know, <laughs> watched Gravity and I'm like, God, oh, space is really scary. There's yeah. dinosaurs and there's what if things it's the smashing way, into you. What if that's the way to get away from the zombies? Well, I would consider that. There you go. What about if there's space zombies? Let's talk about superchargers. John Overseiser Jr. I don't know if that's his name. Overheiser? I don't Overheiser. know where you got the Sizer. I don't know why you're making him a he's Nazi. From uh, Seymour, Connecticut. He's Austrian. And he says that in Milford, Connecticut, they've got 14 more stalls coming to their supercharger. I love it. And uh, it showed us many pictures, and it looks fantastic. Look at all those charging stations. This is fantastic. It's such a beautiful supercharger with the snow on the ground. It's grounded. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger is there as well. It's fantastic. Beautiful fall day in Connecticut. So can you give us a supercharger update? (laughs) What's happening in the world of superchargers? We got to know. I want to know. So we have uh, two new permitted, well, I should say not new, two superchargers that have been permitted. One for Green Bay, Wisconsin. Go Packers. One for Charlottesville, Virginia. Go Charlottesvilles. We have three uh, superchargers that have begun construction in Newport Pagnell, UK. Horn. 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 Netherlands. Where's that? Does anybody know? Uh, Switzerland. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if Hoorn is in one of the Hollands, but I would bet it is. Go Hoorn. And Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which I think is a golfing... uh, Yeah, Mecca. Myrtle Beach. Let's Let's Myrtle my beach, you know what I'm saying? More important, we have four brand new opened superchargers this Mm -hmm, week, Yes, which Mm -hmm. is... 25% 25% more than last week. That is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have, Mur- uh, sorry, we have Naples, Florida, another. I'm glad Mel can read that because we both know what he would have said. Naples, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, we have uh, an Italian supercharger open, Ochiobello. Ochiobello. And Van Horn, Texas. You skipped over Hamilton. Because, do you realize? Hamilton, New Zealand is the first supercharger in New Zealand. Go Kiwis! And obviously, supercharge a sheep. Obviously, (laughs) Tesla was working to get the supercharger open for Mel's visit to New Zealand, but they were late. They missed it. You know where Hamilton is? It's right near Hobbiton. (laughs) Well, then obviously, is that where you went and saw the world's largest ball of sheep wool? No, it's where the hobbits are that I didn't get in because they closed it down because no, I hate you New went Zealand. somewhere else. So yeah, when, when you went up there, so when I was looking, another thing, when yeah, I was I, did, look- I went up and saw the waterfall. <laughs> Sorry, go. What, Rob? Go, go boys. What? We can stay here all day. No, right? we can't. Well, go. I've got a meeting to get to. <laughs> so when I was tooling around the website looking for the insurance program in Australia, I found that on the Australian 
Tesla website, they give a lot of details about supercharging. Supercharging. Supercharging beyond in Australia. Your That's four- not Austria. What are you talking about? I'm in Australia now. Let the man talk. It's terrible that you should do this to him. I don't know what you're saying. We're talking about supercharging in Australia, my home country. Oh, we're going to terminate both of you. <laughs> oh, good one. So they have on their website that it will be $0.35 cents per kilowatt hour. I'm not sure how competitive that is in the Australian market. They say that the unused credits do not roll over to the next year. Ah, oh, no rollover. Customers are billed automatically via a credit card linked to their website account. You can download an invoice. You can also view it online. And if the car transfers ownership, the credits are reset on the date of transfer. So if you use your 400 kilowatt hours by, I don't know, July 1st, and you sell the car, they give another 400 kilowatt hours to the next person oh, for I'm that I'm to year. continue to sell my car within my family. That's a loophole. And just to recall, they re-mentioned <laughs> that the supercharging beyond an active charge session will be subject to a 40 cent per minute idle fee. And I wonder, in Australian dollars, 40 cents a minute, that sounds a lot like American dollars, aren't Australian dollars worth a different amount? They're worth about uh, 70 cents right now. So I think this is actually idle. pretty competitive. You could do the math, and I don't know how. You can idle in Australia for less. That's you right. can idle in Australia for less. And I've total recall about the superchargers. That was funny the first two times, but <laughs> by the sixth time it wasn't that funny. Oh, fine. Oh, it's funny when I do make it. your voices It's yes. funny when I do it. <laughs> Potpourri. Electric. Electric. <laughs> Has an article here, and uh, yeah, we had the Academy Awards here on Sunday night Oopsie. a couple of days ago for you people are listening now. And it was interesting that, just as an aside, Electric said, you know, Morgan Friedman is a big investment in a taxi company that is called Motiv, M-O-T-E-V, that uses X's and S, and they're going to be shuffling these very famous uh, people to and from the Academy Awards. They have seven X's, four S's, and that costs approximately $80 per hour to rent this with a person that will drive you around. And I thought, that's not that expensive, is it, for getting a car and a driver for an hour, 80 bucks? Not I mean, bad. it's a lot of money to me, but I don't know. I mean, it's not a limo either. They bad. probably have some minimums. My guess is on Oscar night it was a little pricier. Not bad if you're in the 1%. And they have a very cool promotional are. video. Just saying. Okay, oh. I want to do a new thing here. Is it Morgan Freeman doing a VO, by the way? Yeah. So you like to do some... I don't know. That's I don't do a Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Freeman. But wah, he's got that wah. deep voice. He does. I think it's great. Shout out to Morgan. Good on I'd you. love to have you come on the show and tell us how it's going. Yeah, thank you. That would be yeah, so cool. Yeah. That's, That's a good idea. Uh, let's talk about Multimeter of the Week. So I wanted to do a new section here as we're trying to always improve uh, Talking Tesla. Always. Because we are a tech podcast, and it turns out one of the most popular in the world <laughs> now. Hey. We're number 10. Yeah. We're number 10. I thought uh, we should do some picks. So I want to first of all do a multimedia pick and then maybe a podcast pick. So first of all, I want to tell you uh, Black Mirror. If you haven't seen Black Mirror, it's on Netflix. It's kind of like the Twilight Zone, but a British version. Really dystopian one-hour stories. Very disturbing, and I love it so very much. Okay. And then in terms of podcasts, we're talking about political podcasts, Pod Save America and Pod Save the World. If you are a um, left-leaning person, these are very interesting podcasts for you and pretty funny, um, put on by some former speechwriters for Obama. If you are not left-leaning, do not listen to them. It'll drive you crazy. (laughs) And finally, I should shout out again. May I shout out again to the competition? Shout it out! The Tesla Show. There's a number of different Tesla podcasts, but I really like the Tesla Show, and I really like the deep dives these guys are doing. 
It is my favorite Tesla podcast after this one. No, you actually listen to this one? Uh, actually, I have to listen to this one. It's the I listen to this one all So, Tom, give us too. your uh, podcast of the week. And speaking of deep dives, I was turned on to recently to Hardcore History with Dan Carlin. Carlin. And good. I have spent the last couple of weeks trying to get through Blueprint for Armageddon, the story of World War One, And it was amazing. Thank you so much, Dan Carlin. Uh, my money will be coming to you very shortly. I will be supporting that with the dollars. Before so- you go into your next one, I should say that Dan Carlin also has a political show called Common Sense. And now he is a more right-wing, uh, sort of not Republican, he would, no, not right-wing. He's libertarian. Libertarian. Uh, but his political podcast is spectacular. It's thoughtful. It comes from a different perspective than I'm used to. But if you want to hear his thoughts on the current administration, go listen to this show. Very thoughtful guy. He's not a lefty, and he's very concerned. But go Hardcore on. History is amazing. And my TV show that I've been telling anybody that will listen is The Crown about Queen Elizabeth II's ascension to uh, her position as the queen of england the ruler of the church the head of state super good john lithgow is winston churchill in this and it's 10 episodes i defy you to not watch it all binge watch binge watch so good robert give us something what are you watching we got turned on to the uh u.s department of energy podcast direct current and I highly recommend it. I've been listening to it. I thought it was going to be another one of these dry, stodded, stodded? Stodgy. Stodgy, really boring episode type things. But it's actually really good. There's like four people on it. They're very energetic, young, brilliant, great stories, really engaging. In fact, it's too short. I would like it to be longer. I kind of know how Tesla, how Tesla Nation feels about us. They want us to go on for hours and hours and hours and hours. But I really expect I really think it's really good. Ten good episodes. Get it now before it gets wiped off the Internet because they're prohibiting any kind of communications from the inside the government to the peoples. The other thing I really love is, uh, you know, I like PBS television. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't always you know, I'm not home. I don't TiVo. So I can't always watch everything. And so then I was on my Apple TV, which many of you might have an Apple TV or some other device. I don't know how those work. And I noticed there was always a PBS icon and I would click on it and it would have like one or two previews and that was it. And then I started poking around uh, to look at it and I realized that you could activate it, quote, activate it by going on your phone or your laptop and signing up saying, you know, I'm, I'm who I am. Here's my contact information. This is my local station. And then they give you like this pitch to donate to your local station, which will open up increased access. I said, no, I think I already did donate, but then you have to put in the number. I just wanted to watch something. So I did this and boom, thousands of PBS videos open up and it was fantastic. I could be there for days. And you can get this app on some connected TVs as well. You don't necessarily need the Apple TV. I think it's available on the Roku uh, player as well. Yeah, I'm the same. I love I, PBS. I really like PBS, but I find it hard to find, and so I'm going to put it on my Apple TV so it's there and it reminds me of you know to watch stuff. Uh, my app pick of the week is Voxer. So Voxer is a walkie-talkie-like app which I use constantly to keep in touch with friends and uh, uh, colleagues and people who work for the company. 
And it's just a really simple little walkie-talkie app that I like a lot. It's got some issues there, right, Tom? Well, that was mine. Oh, was that you? Yes. Yeah. I He's find it red. kind of. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. Not. I, I find it kind of buggy, and I actually tried the paid version as well, but it didn't go away. So, like, I'll have the icon on my phone, and it'll have that little red circle in the upper right corner, like, and I'm like, oh boy, mm. I better listen to it because Cece might have said something important. I can't really discern. I can't make the a different color. You can color. make it go away though by hitting "mark all as heard" in that particular chat, just so you know. Well, I was—you just ruined my little punchline there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say I didn't know how to make it so that it would be a different color than red. If Nell sends me a Voxer, so I can just ignore that one. Uh. <laughs> but I wanted to hear the CC one, and so yeah, sometimes I'll listen to all of the the clips, and I'm really distracted. I'm at work; something else is going on, and that number continues to persist on the home screen, and I'm like. What the fuck? Ah, turn this a, off. That is a bug, and I do dislike that. Um, you are right. But so I give it a it seven. Out. Give it a seven out of ten? Right. I use it because I have to. And, Tom, you want to talk about Overdrive? Overdrive is, a, is an app I recently discovered, and that is hooked up to my public library account, and you can get uh, written books yes. uh, that like Kindles yes. that you can check out. Two weeks. We have a lot of good stuff, yes. and you can have audio books as well so i really like it as well and robert's shaking his hands as if i talked about overdrive and so i was expecting okay, i was recommending this to I everybody i don't know you think i listen to you when we're doing it's this show fantastic you can even get videos on it and so i've got a bunch of books that i've listened to on it there are some wait lists but the important thing is that when you live in a region you don't need to just use the library in your town you can go to a library in a bigger town. And mm-hmm. what I found of all the libraries that I have on here, the Los Angeles County Library and the San Francisco Public Library have enormous overdrive accounts. So you can, and they have pretty much the same thing. It must be a subscription. So they each have almost identical listings. When I'm looking for a book and it's not available in LA, I'll look for the book in San Francisco and I might grab it because I used to live in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. That's why I have a library card. And so you can get library cards all over. And, you know, by getting a library card, your library, I think, can opt for or argue for increased funding. That is correct. Yeah, so go for it, man. It's Libraries a, are awesome. It's very, very cool. I, list, I, I, will, I read the Michael Flynn book before he was uh, let go from the administration because mm-hmm. I wanted to see what his kind of deal was. When I was listening to Hardcore History, he references about a 1,000 books, and I picked up a couple of those and kind of glanced through them as well. Right. So very, very useful if you don't want to spend 20 or $30 on a Kindle book, you know, 10 and or 15 And soon you're going to have so much time in your car to be doing reading because you're not going to be driving. Let's talk about uh, – well, Chris Benson sent us a little note saying it would be really nice. He's got a leaf and he's, he's got a little a mount. Patreon. He's a Patreon subscriber. Thank you. Thank um, you. He would really like – have this concept where the car could charge the house, could run the house. And I think so many of us do. You've got this giant battery. Come on, Tesla. Make us make it so that we can use our car for a battery backup if we really need it. It would be so cool. Chris has a Leaf, and what I will tell him is I would not recommend trying to do that in a Leaf. That battery is no bueno from what I understand. Yeah, Tesla's like, going to be way better. My friend got a new one in his Leaf, and it sucks already. Why how? Just like it, the range has just already dropped down. Yeah, they down probably put massively. in somebody's old piece mm. of crap in it's there. It's a for big, him. big bummer for him. He just bought a Volt, and he can go back and forth to work in the Volt yeah. without charging, but not in the a Leaf. leaf. That's, wow. that's weird. That's, yeah. that's a bummer. It's got to right? be the, the first generation Leaf had some issues. I'm, I'm hoping the new generations are much better. Steve Finchel sent us a letter, and he said, Look, on episode 73, Mill, you talk about getting your car, uh, getting your son an electric car as he goes off to college, and he's like, 
no effing way that a college freshman is going to want to deal with plugging in his car. Yeah. And uh, um, I get that. I've got two answers to that. One is I think by then he'll be able to deal with it because the car will just go off and go charge itself at a supercharger and come back. But Tom's got some notes here that say there's actually a lot of charges on colleges. Right the, well, it's hard. It's, it's hard to know whether or not this is a lot or isn't a lot, right? So I looked at the local colleges. Cal State Northridge has 24 chargers. They That's definitely need more, nothing. right? It's almost nothing. It's a me. commuter school. There's Correct. probably two, three, four thousand cars being parked there every moment. UC, UCLA, which is in Westwood, has about 10 that are charged point at like two dollars an hour and 37 additional ones some of them plugs uh under a study program that they're trying to study people's usage pattern however the university of southern california has 32 on its health campus doctors and evs we all know how that goes if you listen to this show 22 at the regular campus are building 56 more by the end of spring so once again usc is the best fight on but they said in this report that I read that for their current electrical infrastructure, they are maxed out at 114 chargers until they make a big upgrade to their electrical abilities. That sounds like an excuse. I mean, the air conditioning units on that campus draw, I don't know, a thousandfold more amperage than these few chargers. These campuses need to really buck up and get more chargers. When I go to UCLA, the chargers are typically full, but even though they charge you two bucks an hour to park, you don't have to pay the seven bucks to get into the charger. If you stop at the little kiosk, you say, I need to charge my electric car, and they give you like a little free pass to get in. So that's a good idea. And all those additional ones are from Dr. God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we uh, talked about him. Smart Energy Center. So I've parked at the UCLA ones when I've gone to Poly to see gymnastics events. Mm -hmm. I've parked at the USC ones as well. I've parked next to the ones at CSUN, but I didn't need to charge so I didn't charge. Nice for you. Nice. The most interesting thing here is that there's 32 charges at the uh, health campus, which is where I worked for 13 years. When I was there, there were zero. Yeah, my guess is that they're all over on the other side at Keck and not at the hospital, which Dang is where it. you were. I used to plug my leaf into a, just a standard outlet. <laughs> it was fine. It How was much fine. How much less anxiety, Mel? Listen to me for a second. Yes. How much less anxiety will you have? When mm-hmm. the number of level two chargers out there mm-hmm. continues to grow at this enormous rate, right? Mm-hmm. Zero to 32, yes. heading to 114. For me, yes. at both of my additional, I have three hospitals I go to, two of them had no charging infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Now, boom, charge point, six at each campus. Oh, so I now this. I can drive to work, leave my car plugged in, it charges up, I come home, I don't even need to plug into my panels, although I want to because I want to get the solar energy. But my chances of stopping at a supercharger have now decreased exponentially. And don't say it, Tom. I should have gotten the 100D. (laughs) (laughs) Diego Corvero, who listens to the show a lot, listened to uh, Oil Talks to uh, Tesla. And he said, (laughs) dude, these are fantastic. Thank you. Um, you should do more. You, he wants to hear from lithium and cobalt and uh, the battery electrolytes. So we're actually going to be working on a few of those. Thank you very much. Trevor, I want to hear from the seats. You, know, you want to hear from my seat? <laughs> it's, it's screaming. <laughs> Trevor Doe, uh, clarification from last week. I wanted to clarify my write-in last week regarding the sixty, the proper 60-kilowatt-hour charging practices. For the software limited. For the software limited 60. So he went to uh, Tesla, and they did a special thing 
where they worked out that he had a high uh, top end restricted 60 kilowatt hour battery, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, you can actually do this at a place called Garage, which is a diagnostics program online. And I can't find this. I don't know what you're talking about. Please, <laughs> please, Trevor, explain to me what is this website and send what does a, it do? Send him a link. He's a simple man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Magnus Molström from northern Sweden. <laughs> Where the winters are getting scary warm, he says. Sent us a big, long uh, letter, but it said this in particular. When is Tesla going to start making electric ships? Because these big ships, these cargo ships that go across the ocean, spew out one of these. And we talked about this over a year ago. One of these spews out the same amount of cancer-producing badness and asthma-producing badness as 50 million cars a year. Because the owners of these things are using the cheapest damn fuel they can find, fuel oil basically level, unrefined crap, worse than diesel, worse than clean diesel, and the engines are monstrous, and this bummed me out. This story, it bummed me out even more than I was already bummed out about these ships. We talked about these ships Way long ago in Tesla, talking Tesla history. Way long. The the five, I think it's either the five or the six largest cargo ships put out more uh, carbon and pollution than all automobile vehicles combined. That is so stunning, and nobody knows about it. We barely know about it. And we should be sort of starting a grassroots thing to go to these companies and say, you've got to clean up your act. That's insanity. And here's something interesting that was part of this article, right? The United States government last week moved to impose a 230-mile buffer zone along the entire U.S. coast. And what I don't understand is what does that mean? Does that mean once these ships get within 230 miles, they need to be tugged in the rest of the way and turn off their engines to reduce the amount of pollution that they're bringing to our shores. We're going to do a little bit more research to find out what that is. We're going to also hope that it continues uh, with this new administration to exist. Because my guess is I look at this and I'm like, oh, there's somebody I know who's probably not on board with this buffer zone. (laughs) So the, uh, the rule in Los Angeles, which they passed some years ago, is that there is no idling of these ships in the L.A. Long Beach Harbor. They have to switch to onshore electricity. Yeah, I don't know where that onshore electricity is generated, but I know in California we have a high percentage, 20% of our energy is produced from renewables. Jacob Jocelyn has a letter here and basically says we should stick a... I wasn't exactly sure what they wanted to do to your car, but basically stick something over the cluster of your car. It was just a reminder, though, that I think we need to have uh, some more stickers for our Patreon subscribers because people love themselves a good sticker. Michael Pritchard said, uh, Frank Access follow-up. And he said, let me make this simple for you. The reason that you have to be able to pop the frunk so that you can get into the frunk is to get to that 12-volt battery because if that 12-volt battery goes all the way flat... Like when you're running your studio off of it? When I run everything off the 12-volt battery, you cannot start the car. So you need physical access to that 12-volt battery and it can't be behind an electronic lock, Mel. I think we understood that. I don't think I did. Uh, Oh, well, I think me and Robert definitely understood that aspect of it. Matt Atkinson uh, says uh, a couple of things about pika plants, and this is uh, he's from the UK. Uh, he's actually from uh, Wales, which is uh, Western England, 
No, but you said don't no, say that. Don't say it's in Western. No, it's not Welsh in people. Western England. It's in Wales. Wales, so where got, they speak a where they speak a language that I completely can't understand. It's west of England. It is west of England, but it's not it is West England. Beautiful country, and it is shout amazing. out to Carnarvon, my favorite castle in the world. I went to that one too. It's fantastic. It's amazing. I What's spent your an second entire favorite day there. castle? Uh, the one so at Disneyland? Many. Mine's Hearst. <laughs> ah, Hearst Castle. There you go. It's the uh, only castle I've ever been to. Uh, so they've got some pumped hydro plants instead of pika plants, which was interesting. But unfortunately, he also said they've got this giant diesel farm that they use as a pika plant as well. Diesel farm. Which is uh, not so good. John Ford reminds us that the Model 3 is going to have steel and aluminum. We're going to get back to that in a second. Um, Wait a minute. Not aluminum? Yeah, we're going to get back to that. Okay. Um, and we were worried it's going to be a much heavier car. And John says, and he's got some numbers there that suggest that the mix is going to be such that it's not going to be way heavier. It might be a little bit heavier than a fully aluminum car, but not tremendously heavier because of the mix. I don't know where he gets his information from, but that's what John says. Dedrick from the Black Caucus says, he, look, he made up some T-shirts. He's got some from himself. He's going to send some to us. He would love to have all of Tesla Nation have a nice Black Caucus a Talking Tesla T-shirt, but he can't. But he does suggest <laughs> if you want one, you can contact Gene at RushOrderTees.com and they can send you one for a little bit of cash. Go Thank for you, Dedrick. it. That sounds awesome. You know, it reminds me, I wonder, I saw this car talking about, you know, ethnic diversity. I saw this brown Tesla today on the way to the show, and the license plate says Chewbacca. <laughs> Is that awesome? That's, That's cool. It's the there new black it, plate, too. Very nice. Yeah, there are not many brown Teslas. I think it was, uh, I think the green they made fewer, but brown they made very few. Yeah, and if you've ever seen one in public, you know why. Sorry, no, Chewbacca. I think they're really nice. I don't like it. Adam Solway corrected us um, in terms of, uh, we talked about the supercharger station where they've got uh, a display of all of the superchargers in the world, the top 10 or whatever that are being used. And uh, it's actually in Hawthorne, and it's not up right now, he said, because they're sort of redoing it and putting in some more coffee shops or something in there. Well, but there's it's actually in Hawthorne. a Powerwall 2 on the wall where the, the screen used to be. And, yes, they do have an Espresso, Espresso, I'm sorry, Espresso, Espresso, espresso Machine. I have to work on that. And, uh, and and very nice people there. It's great to, to hang out. And, Adam, if you're running right now, man, well, keep up the good work. We were training for the marathon, and we're in your ears. So yeah, make so, a left. Yeah, so he says he's running for – he's training for the uh, LA yeah. Marathon and doing hundreds of miles while listening to Talking Tesla. And I was thinking we, therefore, are running hundreds of miles. Yeah, right. I feel, so I'm, I'm feeling I'm fit. I'm getting very tired right now, Adam. Can pick we it up, take Adam. a break? Pick go, it up. Go Come on, Adam. Espresso. Kick, no, pick, kick, it pick it up. Pick kick. it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. A little faster. I Adam, know you're, we... you're behind your goal. Let's go. A <laughs> little faster. Adam, what are we trying to do here? You're trying to drop a sub three uh, hour? What, <laughs> what level are you at here, man? Oh, no. That'd be crazy. That is... In a marathon? That's fast. Derek Ganonggalong. I call Gagnon. But I believe that was incorrect he, as well. He apologized. He made an error, but said, mostly I'm writing because, my God, you destroyed your name. <laughs> and we did it and again. And we did it again. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Lucien Wu has a really very important, although fairly long, email mm-hmm. about aluminum versus aluminum. So here in the United States, I don't know if you knew this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, but here in the United States, the Americans say aluminum. Because it's correct. And in Australia, they say aluminum. Because it's a penal colony. And it turns out that there is a reason for this, and it's Sir Humphrey. There's this guy called Sir Humphrey, and he was a dude who was around, you know, a couple of hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. And he found the element aluminium 
and he called it aluminium, and he also called it aluminum. And it turns out that over time, there is now two ways of saying the same element. Maybe we need to have aluminum talk to us to we... explain why it's called what it is. Oh, my God. That is genius. We will get on that. We'll give you a full explanation we should... from the element itself next week. Yeah. All right, let's do mm. that. Chris Cero. Chris Cero, mate, said, look, uh, you got a great show there. And uh, he thinks it's really important that they decided to go to the numeric three rather than the symbol three, because then you wouldn't be able to search for it on Google. But Ridiculous. I say, uh, it's just a symbol. You'll still search for model three. I mean, uh, come on, Chris. Kind of try to keep up. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Chris, for writing. Yeah. Uh, Leon Brody. Gives, gives the boys something to bitch I about. like Leon. Leon Brody says uh, lots of stuff here. He says, Mel, just chill out on the supercharger issue. People who are buying Model 3s are going to have a totally different expectation about supercharger use. They're not going to be like the loser Model X and Model S users that have a $100,000 car <laughs> but go plug in to save themselves two bucks. He called you little bitches out. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Hey, I, I plugged into the hospital the other night, and when I came out from my shift, the little charge point charger told me exactly how many kilowatt hours I downloaded to the hundredth. And I plugged that into my phone at 14 cents and I saved like $7 and 30 cents. It's incredible. Sweet. It was free, free charging. Yeah. Yeah. He also said that when Tom left, we were very unprofessional. We yeah. made fun of him yeah. and uh, that's not okay. And I say, yeah, it is. <laughs> they it's do the same to okay. me. And that's just, you know, one of our, uh... oddly enough, no one called in when we were talking shit about you. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, Jake Barrett. Uh, it's Barnett, about, but that's cool. Leave the R out. Oh, whatever. <laughs> He's talking about, uh, look, I'm a Patreon subscriber. Thank you. And Thank he loves you very the extra much. content. Thank you. Just a small correction and some education for you. You mentioned that Transverse City is in the Upper Peninsula, which Traverse. it is not. <laughs> Traverse. Traverse City. Oh, my God. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, it's not in the Upper Peninsula, wherever this place is. And uh, so you're wrong. Bad, bad. <laughs> it's wrong. in the upper part of the Lower Peninsula. <laughs> And um, it's Traverse City, not Transversity. Gaber, Gaber. Gabor. Liebenfrost. Liebenfrost. Good job. Is that good? I hope so. Hey, uh, in the Powerwall math, he said, don't forget. So I was talking about Powerwall and how long the payback period. He said, you've got to add another 7 to 10 cents per kilowatt hour for loss going in and out of the battery. That seems like a huge amount of loss per kilowatt hour, 7 to 10 cents. Yeah, I don't, I don't. 100% understand what that means, but my guess is that there's got to be some loss of efficiency loading and unloading that thing, right? Like you maybe it takes 22 kilowatt hours to fully load a 20 kilowatt hour battery. I have no idea. I want to see where your numbers come from, Gable, yeah, because that Gable, seems way too much. Just info. Della Height. Did you get like that? I was going to read this whole thing, but basically he says, look, here's what happened. Um, somebody parks their ice car in a Tesla supercharger spot, we should take a sticker that's oh, removable, shit. that's hard, no. and slap it on their windscreen no. to say no. you should stop doing side, it. He said side window, not windscreen. They have to drive. Okay, side window. It's just annoying enough they can get it off, but just sort of as a an a-hole factor in Tom. No. And you no. say, no, why? We are the spokespeople for a new era in transportation. That's right. 
and should only be educating folks and not trying to goad folks into an anger response. Maybe a nice card placed on the window to educate that person will be more effective in the long run and allow us as Tesla owners and advocates to take the higher ground. And I I advocate for talking Tesla to create such card. And we can send them in the from the swag store, little kind of a little bit of a plasticky covered, so it will handle the. Or rain they can and just such. download a PDF of something we create potentially. Well, but then you have to print it on something. But whatever, it, this has been a back and forth since the beginning of electric vehicle adoption. So I remember back in 2012, constantly trying to find plugs to plug in my car, in in, in and it was just mind-blowing that people just didn't care. And that's happening at one of the hospitals I work at. People just icing all of the charger spots. And unless the spot itself has like red or white painted on the actual parking space and says plug in only, because even people who drive electric cars, some will park in an electric vehicle parking spot if it's the only one without plugging in. Yeah. Thinking they can actually park there. What? And so we need to be proactive and in, and inform and say, hey, you know, if you came to the gas station and a bunch of people were parked, parked in the gas station, not in their cars, and you couldn't fill up, how would you think? Yeah. So, uh, Tom, you're right. We should be nice. We should have a card. It shouldn't be a sticker. But when I see that, I want to smash their effing window. But you need to calm it's down. It's so like, ridiculous. It's, just, it's a lack of education. It's a lack of knowledge. I don't believe that it's always, always, always malicious. I refuse I to think it's of malicious. people that way. I refuse I to. I think, it's, I think it's laziness. Just last week, I was parked, parking in a lot. person came up and said, oh, is that one of those new Teslas? Yeah. And uh, it has a battery? Yeah. Well, where do you put in the gas? So it's like, you know, we <laughs> are no steeped. We are in a silo. Think about the people outside the silo. Brandon Forrest uh, wrote an article, uh, wrote a letter that said, Tom, this idea of a hybrid SUV with a 100-mile electric range is stupid, bad, and wrong. Would you like to respond? Yeah, so he says, why would anybody want to commute in an SUV bouncing along through traffic? And I say this, my comment was more to folks who can only afford one car, which is, let's just be honest, most people, right? So they need a car and they need to be able to commute to work, but they also want to have some fun on the weekends or they want to go to Home Depot and they're do-it-yourselfers and they want to bring home a a whole bunch of things. And this is a great bridge car. And I would say 90% of the time, maybe even more than that, they will not be polluting because they'll be using their electric engine. I know Robert disagrees that this is efficient, but we have 300 million cars on the road and we need to find lots of solutions to reduce that pollution immediately. And I would say I like big luxury SUVs. And Brandon, if you didn't own an Explorer, you would understand that it's not a luxury SUV. This, I'm so with Tom. I think that we're still in this transition period and having a big truck that gets 100 miles electric that you drive electric most of the time and then you can use for these other things, as Thomas said, is a great bridge vehicle to when Tesla finally gives us one that uh, I can buy fully electric. I think it's a great idea and anybody that disagrees is wrong, stupid, bad. Ford, GM, all of the big truck SUV makers are not going to slow down their truck and SUV making because they are very profitable. But when the three comes out and people can use their three in a Tesla rideshare network, and then maybe there becomes a Tesla truck or there's some system by which you can, instead of owning a car, just zip a car, zip car. I mean, it's kind of inconvenient right now. You can't depend on it like, oh, 
I got to go now. And you run out to where the zip car should be parked and there's no zip car there. So when this becomes this ride, or I should say car sharing community, if that ever gets off the ground, that would really be the answer for this. Having a bunch of cars that sit around 90% of the time just sitting around is an incredible waste of resources and money. You know, uh, if there was a easy way to get a truck rather than the way it is right now, I have to go down and I have to, you know, here's my credit card and fill right. out all the paperwork. Right. It takes a freaking hour. I would use that a lot because I go to the hardware store, I get stuff and right. I just try and shove it into my car and I, it's nasty to do that to your Tesla, but I do it. If I could get a truck quickly yes. on a sharing network, I would use it so much. And if it was electric, I would use it all the time. So come on, let's go Tesla. Let's get this happening. Joe Willett from Michigan has lots to say, but he says in Michigan they are starting to do this extra registration fee if you have an EV. Assholes. A couple of hundred dollars um, every, t- every year. And initially I thought the same thing. That sucks. But then I was thinking, you know, in places like Michigan and in places like California, we, have, we get an, an enormous amount of money from gasoline tax, a which lot. goes to schools, which goes to other things. When we transition to a much more electrified transportation system, Where's that tax money going to come from? And I don't think it's unreasonable that we, the EV owners that are using the roads, be charged because they're not going to charge us for gas because we don't use it. Bullshit. I I completely counter that. How much more money does anybody who owns an electric vehicle, not only money but inconvenience, what do they endure? You need to have some sort of benefit at this point to kickstart everyone moving to electric cars. It's just crazy to think that I bought a Prius and I paid like thousands of dollars extra for nothing except a 12-mile electric battery. And the same thing goes for when I first bought my Tesla. I spent a ginormous amount of money. I mean, like for half of what I paid, I could have had a very comfortable ICE car, but But, I didn't. But you got a $7,500 tax credit for your Tesla from the federal government. All right, that's one one, uh, seventh of how much extra I spent. I understand I understand that, but you got $7,500 in revenue from the federal government. They used these tax uh, dollars from fuels to repair and fix and build roads and infrastructure that they can then put superchargers on the side of and other things to get in between states, right? In Michigan, Michigan will have the fifth highest at-pump tax rate. And I'm not like this, hey, tax, tax, tax people. Like maybe there needs to be a balance. And I think they actually may have found the balance in Michigan, to be honest with you. And this so it's 26.3 cents per gallon gas tax, plus Michigan adds another 6% sales tax, which doesn't go to maintain roads. So that part you're not responsible for. But they're basically adding 100 bucks to your uh, registration to sort of keep funding this road, And so if I'm opinion. committed to my ICE car, I just sit back and say, why the hell would I buy an electric car? They're going to actually charge me more? Well, what's going to happen has been suggested already. Because people see this coming very quickly, and especially in California, is that they're going to change to a how many dr- miles you drive tax. Usage And they're going to just put a little chip on your car, and this is going to go away. It's going to be the same, I hope, for gas cars and electric cars. I would like to, to incentivize to get an electric car to 
keep it clean. And so if you drive a gas car, it's 10 cents a mile. If you drive an electric car, it's five. That would be cool. But we need to get to a point where there are no incentives needed to buy an electric car, right. where they are. That's what Elon okay. says. Well, that's called technology. That's called marketing. That's called changing the paradigm of people who right. drive. But in the interim, the, the state's roads, which are already terrible in a lot of places in California, right, will we'll continue to struggle. And I'll give you another example of this sort of thing, right? We in California have Prop 13 as it pertains to our property taxes. We don't get our homes Screwed. reassessed every time. Right. And that lack of, of additional revenue has very greatly affected our school funding and a lot of other things into our general fund. And I get it. It's kept people in their homes, which I understand, but there has to be a balance somewhere. Yeah. So this is like a uh, a in, imperfect example of a carbon tax. Just increase the cost of gasoline. That's what we're trying to do. That's all that we're talking about here is how do we move from a petrol carbon based future to an electric with renewable. But then what future. happens at the okay? So let's say it's twenty five years That's down the line, right? And and we I'm not don't, talking twenty five years. But I under, but this has to get worked. It has to happen gradually. Like the revenue has to even out gradually, right? So in twenty five years, when no one's buying gas and there is no more gas tax, where are we going to get the roads? Hopefully, we'll have paid attention to it. 10 years from now, 15 years before we get to that point. I don't I think mean, 100 bucks additional is going to cause somebody to be like, I'm not getting that EV. Sends the wrong message. We're going to move on because apparently there's a lot of division here. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. You're wrong. Wrong. Bad. Wrong. Chris Farmer. Dad jokes. Uh, he sent us this guy whose name is Tim Vime, who does uh, a lot of funny dad like jokes and other stuff i thought this guy looked really funny and i like to swear and i got no problem with swearing in my humor but i did want to have a shout out to america's two most famous non-swearing comedians jim gaffigan and brian reagan if you want safe humor with the kids in the car jim gaffigan brian reagan although very funny my daughter every time i listen to gaffigan my daughter's like oh you're listening to stoned grandpa again because he has this like sort of stoner <laughs> look actually jim gaffigan has a show now so funny uh, a tv show which is jim. very funny uh sean brown elon's response to the uaw um basically there's an article here from electric which talks about uh, his response to these people who want to unionize i think there were great comments and really good answers to some real-world problems in this Electric article and this, this letter from Elon. And one thing, you know, they compared – there's a chart there that compares what Tesla employees make uh, working on the line versus what UAW workers in Detroit and, uh, and other places make. And, you know, the real-world amount of cash – is a little bit less of what they make a year. They make more in stock options, investing if they stay on. Their overall compensation is much higher over a four-year period, but it does cost a lot more money to live in the Fremont area. And I understand like that. that's where I feel like the crux of this problem is. Like It's just difficult for them. My guess is a lot of the people working on the line drive a fair amount of distance to get there, they are all begging for that BART station to be opened, and it hasn't been opened for two years. So, you know, I don't know what the – the answer is for sure not to unionize, I don't think. But it is for Tesla to be constantly uh, keeping track of what it costs to live in California versus what it costs to live in Michigan. So right. one thing I want to say is that Elon sometimes has a challenged time 
relating to other people. He's very uh, a, he's very mindful. He thinks well. He's lots about physics. But when it comes to the people he works with, I don't always know that he has sort of uh, the 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 feel of the man on the street. And so I went to the Tesla parking lot Instagram page. We love those guys. It's so genius. And the most recent photographs include a photograph next to the fence in the parking lot of a can of chilada, a can of Diablo, which looks like it's some type of beer, and three cans of Mike's hard cider. These are all big cans. And it says on here, you guys, it isn't even Friday yet, and you're about to have a week off for the shutdown. Slow your roll. But it could, those could have been dropped by local teenagers partying in the parking lot. It's not like that parking lot's hard to get into. Let's be honest with you. Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, Do we have any news about uh, the closure and what they did? And it's right now. It should be closed right now, right? Do we have any information? It's all quiet. It'll open. It'll open tomorrow or the next it's day. All quiet and then Model the 3s will come flying off the just, There'll be thousands yeah, of them. That, Look, that. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, my name's Mel Herbert. What? That's Tom Wilson. That is true. This is Robert Rosenblum. Talking Tesla, we're done here. We're moving on. I'm going to where? Washington. Pentagon. The Pentagon. The Pentagon. I'm going to the Pentagon. And then I'm going to Hawaii. I'm going to call in next week. Hawaii. That's a long Don't trip. Don't you worry, Patreon people. I'm going to get you something Friday. Don't you worry. I know you're all worried. It's going to happen. Despite what Tom said rudely about me and Patreon, I'm going to get you something Friday and it's going to be great. We're going to make Patreon great again. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Talking Tesla, 75 and where? Out. Woohoo! That was not a mic drop, that was an iPhone drop. iPhone drop. Talking Tesla is a production of Holy Blue Incorporated. Produced by Mel Herbert and CC Herbert. Hosted by Mel Herbert, Tom Wolfson, and Robert Rosenberg. To support Talking Tesla, go to patreon.com forward slash talking Tesla. And finally, if you love the show, write us a review on iTunes.